Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 42 of FPL Black Box. It is the 25th of August. We are heading into game week three. I'm Az and I'm joined by Mr. Mark Southerns. How are you, Mark? Good evening. I'm okay. It's been a tumultuous week, I would say. Oh, uh, nice word. Been, yeah, I know. I've been practicing saying that. Uh, <laughs> wringing my hands for the early part of the week. Really had some tough decisions to make. I made them early. Probably a little bit of a pang of regret. Don't know. Same. Yeah. Have you done well, your I've transfers made, already? I've made some transfers already, but I have to say they're not as exciting as yours. No. Mine are a little bit too exciting, though. <laughs> you've gone you've gone pretty pretty wild, I have to say. Uh, if anyone listened to the Q&A earlier, uh, they know your moves. So a little sneak preview. If you don't know, stay tuned and you'll find out what the Godfather FPL has done oh, to his team. It's the a Godfather nonsense. Hell of a shake-up. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, we'll see. We're going to talk, I mean, that's going to be the crux of the show, isn't it? Um, the fact that um, Romelu Lukaku is in my team. I want to reveal that at the top because we're going to be looking at Lukaku among other players and there's going to be, I mean... Where's the clickbait, Mark? There's going to be, well, that will come with the team at the end, don't worry. <laughs> um, there's going to be bias in this because of that. Well, I'm going to try not to show bias and I know Ross is out there in the audience watching. I know, I know he's going to be. Um, but it's very, very difficult. When you make such an extreme move like that, when you put your eggs in a basket that is quite, you know, not many are going this early on him. I've obviously had to sell that idea to myself. And so that when I'm talking to others about FBL, I've got to be conscious of the fact that I have done a, a big PR job on myself, right? To well, get him do, you want, do you want to just give a bit of context as to how you came to this decision? Because you, you called a bit of a council together, I didn't did. you? I did. <laughs> Summoned Luke and I at, what, 11 o'clock at night to come in and, and chat to you about whether it was a good idea or not, and we convinced you to do it. Well, I was thinking about it Sunday night, obviously having watched the game. And, um, you know, I could see it was possible and I could see it would involve taking probably, well, my three weakest players out, if you like. Weakest in terms of players I wanted to keep and weakest in terms of my points gained from them. Right, So it, it kind of ticked that box. But I, I don't know. I mean, obviously it's taken a hit and it's going early on a player with bad fixtures and so on. But... We'll talk more about his performance in a bit later in the show. But I did need, I did need my, my sounding board, which is normally yourself and Luke in WhatsApp. And you kindly came in God, after the Monday night game, didn't you? What a dangerous sounding board, <laughs> Luke and I. Wow. That's very brave of you. It is, but it's almost like I've constructed 
you and Luke. Luke is a very maverick manager, right? So I know that when I come to him with some wild idea, he's normally going to be behind it. But normally you would be like, I hate it. I hate it. Mm. You weren't, were you? I was more up for it than Luke. Luke you was were. a bit more a bit more on the fence. I, I saw the logic in it, but mostly because it involved getting rid of Mares. So, mm. you know me. <laughs> Any move yes. that involves getting rid of him, I'm, I'm going to be all in for. By the way, Ben Foster's in the chat. Is he? He is. Mr. Hi, ben. ben Foster. Oh. Yeah. Welcome to FBL Black Blocks. Thank you very much for tuning in. Loved you on Andy's stream, of course. Um, yes, we're, by the way, Ben, we're going to be here for two hours, so strap yourself in. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's nothing like Andy's stuff. Um, so we're going to look back on our game weeks um, and then, oh, you know, ultimately we're going to touch on what I've done with my transfers as the show goes through, but we're going to reveal our teams at the end. We're going to look back on the star performers from game week two and, and game week one so far. It's two weeks of data. I mean, how much is there to go on? But we're going to do our best to look at that. We're going to use some of the key performance indicators to look at players who have improved on last season's output. So that's what's quite interesting. We're comparing this season's output so far to their performances last season to see if anyone's kind of massively overperforming. The eye test will tell us some of that. This data might reveal a few more as well. Um, and we're going to look in particular at free players, but Lukaku's going to come up, right? He's, he's going to mm. come up several times. And just a disclaimer, I am going to show some bias, I'm sure. I'm sure that <laughs> Ross is out there with a little bell dinging it every time I'm biased towards Lukaku. So... Don't necessarily do as I do, right? This is not what what I've done is not perhaps something I would recommend. And it is different to perhaps advice I would give out, but it's all about personal play style, right? And I've I've got a personal way of playing the game. Uh and and I love you know, that you're defending it already. It's difficult, isn't it? <laughs> it is difficult to defend because people will look at it and go, Well, why haven't you just stuck with, you know, your original plan, which is to get Son and Rafina in. And I'll talk Hang on, Mark, that. we'll get to get to yeah, that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Don't, you know, come Let's on, the clickbait. The clickbait weeks. needs to needs to exist. Can't give it all away. I know. Let's look back at your <laughs> game week. 75 points for you, Mr. Az. Um, mm, you all right with that? Yeah. Green arrow, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was all right. I mean, Sanchez in goal, clean sheet, good performance. 2-0, just like I predicted. Very rare, but... Very rare, rare for me to predict a Brighton win. And yeah, I've got, I've got it bang on. So I don't know if that happened again. Uh, Trent with 12, Sufal with 5 and Simicast with 11. So all of my defenders returned something, which I don't think happened once last season. So really happy with that. Uh, Salah, Fernandez went for Fernandez captain. Thought I was going to be in for a big green arrow when Salah blanked. And then Fernandez gets less points than Salah did. That's typical, isn't it? Uh, Grealish with 8 and Barnes. We're going to talk a lot about Barnes. Barnes with two. Real disappointment. Uh, and then Ings with eight. Antonio with 16. Unbelievable performance. And then Tony with two. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy. It was, mm. it, you know, most most of my players returned. The only ones that didn't really were Salah Fernandez, Tony and, and Barnes. But other than Barnes, the others are quite highly owned. So green arrow and on we go. What do you make of Bruno and United at Southampton? You must have had yeah. high hopes, right? I had really high hopes. And, you know, we were, we were, we had a long old debate on what's happened, didn't we, about, you know, I think a lot of people were, were scared into Salah because of ownership. You disagree. Uh, well, you can go somewhat. there if you like. I don't agree with this at all, but go on, state, state this case. Well, I, I know, I know for a fact that a lot of people were saying when 50, it was a 50, 50 decision and people were going for Salah because in a 50, 50 decision, go for the more highly owned player or the more highly captain player, which was the case on Twitter. I mean, the Twitter template was like 75% on the poll I did in favour of of Salah. And if you look at the elite managers, so the best 1,000 managers in the world, 93% went for Salah. 
So a 50-50 decision wasn't a 50-50 decision because over 90% of, of like elite managers went for, went for one of the options. And in some ways, you're right. You said, you know, Salah was the better option because he was at home to Burnley and, and that kind of thing. But I know for a fact that I saw people saying that when it comes down to it, they would prefer to be play safe than go for, go for the more risky option in Fernandez. And there wasn't that much of a risk between Salah and Fernandez in my eyes, but people still went for the safer option. And yeah. to me, that was... A bit sad, but you disagree. I, I, it depends how you define safe. Is he the safest option because it's Salah and Salah in a home game is always a good option? Or is it safe because the EO, the effective ownership? And I do I do think, uh, because you are a bit of a keyboard warrior when it comes to the EO, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, look, you look for how EO is influencing decisions when perhaps it's not as strong as you think. And I think this is one instance of that where I think people went Salah because... It's Salah. It's not a player we're not aware of. We know Salah is the probably the best FBL asset, right? And in a home game against Burnley, he is the safe option because it's Salah. He's not the safe option because, oh, I've looked at the EO and I'm really scared of it, so I'm going to go Salah because that's the safest, in my opinion. But this was, you know, trying not to be a keyboard warrior. This was, this was my <laughs> point. My point was, if you went for Salah because you genuinely believed he was the best option because it's Salah because he was yeah. at home because you're on the yeah. penalties, I've got no problem with that. But there were there were threads on Twitter of people trying to justify going for the safer pick because it was a safer pick. Nothing to do with the performance or the stats or the fixture or anything. It was safety in numbers, herd I mentality. Know, but what I'm saying is people people call Salah the safer pick who know nothing about EO or know nothing of it. He's just inherently the safer pick because it's Salah. You can't necessarily equate someone saying, I'm going for Salah because it's a safer pick with them checking the EO and looking and using that. No, I'm not. But I can when someone specifically says I'm going for Salah because I'm worried about what his oh, yeah. thing would do to me because of yeah. the EO. That, that's, and that's the point I'm trying to make. It, it's very difficult to sit here and say, oh, I made the best decision. I went for Fernandez over Salah and I'm really clever when Fernandez blanked. But at the same nothing time, there was, yeah, not, not, there was, I, I just think there was nothing in that decision. And it was just interesting that such a high number of people went for Salah. And it's not just based on result because the results were pretty even. But... Again, I, I do think there is this tendency to follow follow the crowd a lot of the time. That's just my uh, yeah, and maybe I'm a keyboard warrior, but that's just my general contestant. Didn't I like that, stop, did you? That's a bit of a dig. Sorry about I that. I won't stop. I won't stop fighting. No, no, Mark. I know, I know. I just have to calm you down sometimes <laughs> in WhatsApp when you're like, "That's down to EO. That is, I've run out of milk. That's all effective ownership's for." You know, it's not always to blame for everything. Um, I'm gonna tell you what you got away <laughs> with it, didn't you? You got you got away with because I mean Salah. One disallowed by a toenail, one cleared off the line brilliantly by, I can't, I can't remember which Burnley defender it was, but he was pretty unfortunate not to come out of at least one Mane should have, Mane, oh, Mane, Mane not passing to him. He wide open. Oh, going I on? know, terrible. I dispute the toenail. He was off summer quite a bit, I thought. When I saw it, I was like, he's definitely offside. The lines didn't touch, I guess. That's basically exactly. what you're saying. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I, it was like, I mean, Fernandes was, was poor. I mean, United, you know, changing, they changed system, changed shape. You know, they put Greenwood over on the right. Martial was completely useless. Fernandez completely ineffective. It was, yeah, I really thought they were going to kick on and it was just, ugh, just such a meh performance. It was really mm. frustrating after, after they, after the thing. But Barnes, Barnes was the biggest disappointment. Leicester yeah. were, Leicester were absolutely shocking. Barnes was poor and spoiler alert, he is gone from my team. Well, I, I did say pre-season that, um, I wasn't convinced by Barnes's fitness, right? And he still doesn't look on it, right? He, he looks fit, but he's not match fit. He's not sharp enough, his first he's touch not. and stuff like that. You can see it's not there. But Leicester as well. I, I mean, Leicester ended, had phases last season where they did look quite abject in terms of creativity and 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 they got by. But 
they're showing it again. They're really struggling to carve out yeah. opportunities. And and against West Ham, I know obviously the ten men was a factor, but before that happened, they were still poor and second best, weren't they? They were. They they were terrible. And I, I think one of the reasons that the one of the big problems I've got we thought about Barnes was a maybe not fit. Second, maybe getting subbed off for seventy minutes. But third, we might start seeing shift in the formation of, of Leicester. And I think given the personnel they had on the bench in that match, so Iheanacho, Dakar's there. Mm. Um, I think Barnes is very, very at risk of missing out against Norwich, which could is do. why I've taken him out. Because I think they could either go, they could either go five at the back, um, you know, with, with Pereira as, as wing back, bring Castagna back in, play Inacho up front, or they could just stick Pereira on the wing. Mm. Um, and, you know, and, and I just, I just, if they do that, they're going to be a little bit unbalanced. And I, I just, it's too much uncertainty. And yeah, you're right about Barnes. And unfortunately, you were right about Ben Rama as well, because he is too yeah. good to ignore. So he's had to yeah. come in for me. Price price rise and price drop. Did you get that? Yeah, you, I caught those as well. Caught Point swing, two. Right. Just just there's just, you know, you, you do like a pros and cons list. The only the only con was it's Norwich. And all the pros were just, you know, Ben Rama's in better form, similar fixture, two uh, you know, pr- price rise, price fall. Um, yeah, great form. Yeah, just just too much going in his favour. So yeah, well, let's talk about West Ham when we look at my team because I did have both Ben Rama and Antonio, and, and they've really saved me at the start of this season because I did the, I gambled on Torres and Mares with Norwich in mind, didn't really work out. Mares managed to come off the bench and get me a goal. I mean, up to that point, I was in real trouble. I felt um, so he saved me a little bit with that. Um, it's Sanchez six points, Trent twelve, Simicast eleven, Shaw four, Torres three. Bruno 1, Mario 6, Salah captain 6, Ben Rama 12, Tony 2, Antonio 16. So 79, another green arrow. Okay with that, pleased with that, obviously. Um, what I will say again is um, we're all getting good scores, right? And, and mm. across, across Twitter, across the FBL community, everyone is happy, right? I'm still not that happy because everyone's doing well, <laughs> right? And it's not, you know, we need a shake-up. We need something different, I think. And, I, and yes, we could go on you know, with marginal gains. But one of the reasons why I've done what I've done with the transfers is to kind of get take a different path. Because I do think we're on this path together until game week seven. And then between game week seven and eight, we'll play the wild card, all of us together. We'll all get on Chelsea, all of us together. I don't. I think we're going to have similar teams right the way through to like game weeks 10, 11 this way. And it's like, I felt that that was one factor behind my choice. And my transfers because it's very it's very interesting that the way you see it because mm. I mean there was that stat wasn't there about what what percentage of players owned Antonio Ben Rama um, and who was the other one um, Greenwood or something and it was like three percent or something mm. of over, of overall players own those three um, so like combinations of players obviously have a massive like massive drop in in the kind of ownership they've got and it's interesting that you 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 compare yourself so much to like the people around you like you mentioned oh, we talked about this the other day weren't we you mentioned like oh, I want to beat Fabio and if I beat Fabio then I'll do yeah. well in the rankings yeah but it's just interesting that you're 189,000 in the world after two weeks if I'd offered you that at the start of the season you'd have bit my hand off yeah right for this, it. Is, this is a key point right I play the game the old school way which is I've got a rival I'm in a mini league I want to win that mini league I want to beat that rival that's the way we used to play. Years ago, I can't remember when I transitioned from being, I need to win my middle league and beat Granville to what's my rank? I'm in the top 10K. At mm. some point that happened, right? But in me, in my DNA as an FPL manager, there is this need to have a rival that I need to catch. And ultimately, sometimes that comes to the surface and makes me go, I'm going to make 
this transfer because this transfer has given me more chance of catching that individual or these groups of individuals. And when I look at, like we're in the Elite 64 League, and when I look at the top 12 of those all having exactly the same score. Sorry, we're, we're, we're not in the Elite 64 League. Oh, no, sorry. League, I, you, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I apologize twist for that. The, twist okay, so I'm in General's Elite 64 League. Um, and when I looked at that and everyone had 83 points above me in the top 12, I'm like, well, the teams are almost identical. And I look at that and think, well, what chart? If I'm 20-odd behind and we go up to the Great and the Good League now, let's look at this, right? This is the Great and the Good League. Um, and I'm 21 points behind Tom Stevenson, right? He's a brilliant manager, great FBM. And I think he's, he's, is he second? Yeah, second behind Fabio in the Hall of Fame, right? He's top of the Great and the Good League on 200 points. I'm on 179. Look at the cluster behind, 187, 183, 183, 181, 180, 180. They've all got similar teams, right? So I'm looking at that already and going, well, if I get Rafina in, if I get Greenwood in, I'm just moving closer to their teams. So if I replace Mares and Torres with players that they've already got, they'll be sitting there going, oh, well done. I'm glad Mark's done that because he's not going to catch me if he gets the same players as me, is he? Like that's, that's basically how I think. In game week two, though. I know, but it's... it's <laughs> but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, it will go on because everyone's playing in the wildcards between seven and eight, right? We are. We're all getting Chelsea between seven and eight. So you can sit here and go, well, everyone's team would be different in three or four weeks. I'm not sure it will because people who have done well with Greenwood and and, and people who do well with Athena aren't going to suddenly go, oh, I'm going to get rid of this player. I'm going to get this player instead. I mean, everyone's going to get rid of Ings and get Calvert-Lewin next week when Villa's fixtures get tougher. I can call that move now. Every All those managers above me will sell Ings and get Calvert-Lewin. We, I can sit here and plan what they're going to do. And I think we've been in danger here of having similar teams for a long time. Because when we play our wildcards between seven and eight, we're all going to have similar budgets. And we're going to get similar teams. We're going to get a Chelsea defender. We're going to get Lukaku. We maybe get Havertz as well or Mount, right? So what makes you think the teams are going to diverge that much? At the risk of it sounding like a keyboard warrior again, though, this is this is EO, right? This is just yeah. EO, but in a in a much smaller circle to to overall. I mean, the way I play is, I mean, to be fair, I have a much less good a record than you, but the way I play is to get in players who I think are going to score the most points. And the elite manager is going to be bringing in Calvert Lewin for rings because it's a sensible move. He's got good fixtures, mm. and like I just think, you know, game week two, you could have looked at your team and gone, "Oh right, all everyone's got all these players. I'm going to bring in all these different players." But you wouldn't have got 100, 110 points necessarily, you know, to beat the, the 70 or 80. You know, people have got 80 because their players have been performing. I completely agree with you if the players weren't doing that well and you were getting them out for, for different ones. But yeah, these are, these are good performing players. I'm not right? talking about well. taking risks across the board. I'm talking about like I got Mares and Torres because I wanted to be not totally template. Mm. That didn't work out. And now my next moves need to be something similar in my eyes. Because if my next moves were Rafina and Greenwood, yeah. I would just be moving nearer. The teams are already 10, 20 points above me. Yeah. The difference between my team and, and Tom Stevenson's is Ings and Greenwood. So if I yeah. then went and got Calvert-Lewin, who he's probably going to get next, and Greenwood, what, what, what per, it's not going to gain me anything. It might gain me rank. And I'm not saying I'm totally about this adversarial kind of way of playing, as in I must beat these guys. But there's a bit of that in me. And every now and then that does influence my decisions. And when I see, I've never seen... It clustered like this. I've never seen Twitter as a whole starting as well as we've done. Have you? I mean, there's always some no. people in the community do well. Others are struggling. Others are in the middle. 
But I would say the majority of people in the Twitter community have started strongly. Would you agree? Well, if, if, I, if I'm not ranked at 2 million, then something's gone weird. Yeah, exactly. We were both <laughs> 2 million last season, weren't we? Well, I've been for the last three, the last three years. So the fact I'm, what, 400k tells you that something's a bit a bit strange this week. It's, it's just because, but in a way, it's because, you know, the Twitter template is built from good players. Players that we, people have done their research on and they've, and they've, and they've all delivered, which is... I still think it's a good thing in some ways because it means that the research you've done and the players you've picked and the ones that you've earmarked to do well and have good seasons have started strongly. So I do completely agree though. You know, I think we both agreed start, at the start of the season we wanted three or four players that were a little bit different, which is why mm. I went for the likes of Barnes and you had Ben Rama, but now Ben Rama's become that kind of template pick. So now he doesn't count. So now you've got to find kind of alternate ways to do it. But it's why I quite like your moods because I do, I do feel, and we'll talk about them more later, but I do feel that this is what I was saying to you in the chat is that it feels like you just got ahead of everyone and you were ahead with Ben Rama and now you're ahead of people with Lukaku. And I don't think getting rid of like Torres and Mares and, and Tony, who's the other one you've got rid of, is really, they're not going to be players that really burn you, I don't think, massively. No. So I'm all, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all for the moves. It's just, it's just interesting your, your place. I, I, liked, I kind of like it. I like that kind of adversarial like attitude. But yeah, I do wonder if sometimes maybe it goes a little bit. It's the way we used far. to play. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and it's interesting. I don't know at what point that changed because when I used to be with Granville on Scoutcast, it was all about beating him. And actually, mm. our, our global rank, we didn't really talk about it that much. Yeah. Only when one of us was doing really well and we were like, oh my God, look, we're doing really well. And it wasn't something that we planned to do. You know, we didn't go, I'm making this transfer because this player's not very highly owned in teams above me. It was all about... I'm making this transfer because Granville can't do it. it was, mm. And and that got lost somewhere along the way. And all I'm saying is in my DNA still, there's a bit of that. And when there's a season like this where so many teams are similar, I think that bit comes out in me and I go, right, I'm going to make a move which actually is different to the pack because I think there's an advantage in doing something different because it might just work. It might not. I might fall further behind, right? But I'm willing to take that risk. When it's someone like Lukaku, I think, because I think... Wait till I get ahead of you, Mark. Well, I haven't been ahead of you yet. Once that happens... I, you know what? Ooh. I thought you were going to... It's just I, you know, How many episodes have you actually been ahead of me in? Oh, let's not play this game. I know, it's a bit ridiculous <laughs> though, isn't it? Because I thought let's you were going to be ahead game. of me this week, but every now and then you get close. No, I don't think you have. There's always about four or five points, isn't it? I, th- I, think, I think I've been ahead of you for one day. We're level which now. Was, which was about a third of the way through last season that I overtook you, but mm. then you had about six players left to play on the Sunday. So then you just went back up. But but we're happened. level on points now because I've taken a hit. So we're, um, no, no, I'm five points no, ahead. No, you're five yeah. ahead. Okay, uh, we, <laughs> both, day, we both got Green Arrow. So I believe you want to talk about Ooh. the charity that we're contributing to this season for every Green Arrow, right? Absolutely. Yep. So um, FPL Greece has, has been sort of plugging this, uh, which is a really nice cause. So get involved in this. Uh, essentially, Mark and I'll be donating £5 each whenever we get a green arrow. We've got green arrows, so we'll be donating £10. If you full screen the thing on the screen at the moment and scan that QR code, uh, you can download the app and then you can um, go to the FPL Challenge, the link in the description, and you can also donate. So the money that this that you put into this goes to feeding starving people around the world. Really sort of noble cause, sharethemeal.org. Um, it's you know, it's, it's, I just think it's a great incentive and something that we'll be doing all season. So yeah, it, you don't have to donate five pounds. I think it starts about 60 P. So even if you donate 60 P for every green arrow, you will be helping feed starving people. Very, very good indeed. Um, let's talk about a certain Harry Kane who today came out of a statement, which came from no, I wasn't expecting it to be honest. I was expecting this saga to go on right to the transfer window. 
but he's come out and said today mm. that he will be staying at Spurs. Right. Well, so what's your take on this, first of all, and impact on FBL? Come on. Well, straight into the starting lineup against Watford, I think. Do you reckon? Do you reckon he's ready? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think he. I think this. This is like he's patched things up with everyone. Well, you know, publicly at least. I think Nuno will. You know, I think the the you know benching him against um, against Wolves was a statement. You know, you might be fit, but I'm not putting you in the starting lineup. You know, yet. But I think he comes straight back in. Now, I'm. I don't know what it means FPL wise. I still think Lukaku's ahead of him. I still think if I'm picking one for the season, I'm going with Lukaku. I don't really see how we can how we can fit him in at, at twelve four. Um, it's difficult. What, what do you think we'll get now? Kane last season was uh, a bit of a machine. Not necessarily in terms of goals. Didn't beat his goal record, but he had the assists as well. He added that to his game. So he got a big, yeah, more than 200 points, right? Mm. He was right up there. Do we think, can we reasonably expect him to match that? No. Right. Straight away, we think we'll see regression, right? I don't think so. I think, you know, we, we alluded to it sort of a few weeks ago. I think there's mentally, I, I think, you know, or, or okay, publicly, he said he's staying with Spurs and he's happy. But I think mentally, there's there's going to be a bit of a block. I think, there's no smoke without fire, right? He he wanted to move. He wanted to move in the summer. There's no doubt about it. He wanted to go to City. I've got no doubt yeah, about that either. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that hasn't transpired will play on his mind. He seems like a guy who will still play and, and give it his all and everything like that. But is he 100% focused, like he says in that statement? Is he always going to have that little bit in his mind, which is, you know, I, I could have moved, I should have moved. Mm. I had this agreement with Levy and I didn't. I'm not too sure. I think maybe we might see more from him sort of as the season goes on. I definitely think in these early weeks, his head isn't going to be fully, fully right. I, I'd be very surprised if he, if he hit the highest he did last year. So, effect on Son. How do we consider Son now as a as a asset? Well, potentially no penalties because Deli Ali took the penalty, or did he just take it because he won it? Either way, he's not going to have penalties when Kane's on the pitch because Kane will be taking them. <clears throat> so that's one less good thing for him. <laughs> Tricky. Tricky. Mm. I still think he's a good option, and and he was last season with Kane, but mm. he's not the main. He won't, he's not the main man. Yeah, and plus it's a new manager, new system, right? I mean, I I heard some theories that um, Son might be played closer to Kane rather than a four three three and out wide. So we've got to see that, right? We want to see how he's going to use Kane and Son together because we've yet to see it really in a game, have we? So competitive game, anyway. So yeah, I think it's a wait and see for me in terms of what we're going to get from both these players. I agree with you. It's well, I would. Here's the first bias. Get ready, Ross. It's Lukaku <laughs> over Kane for me uh, as well. Um, and more on that in a bit. Okay. Um, also, though, does it knock on to Torres at City? Because I've just sold mm. Torres, right? And I don't regret it. Um, I think in hindsight, had this come out before, I might have held on to him for another week to see how it went. But um, I'm still not convinced that Torres is going to get a cemented start up front for City. I still think the false nine when KDB is back, when Foden's available... Where does Sterling fit in? There's too many assets there for me for, for it to be so cut and dry that Torres starts up front every game. But what do you think about the impact on what it leaves at City? Well, three matches for Torres now and no goal playing playing up front. Um, his best performance was probably against Spurs. Didn't see too much of him against Norwich. I mean, it was it was a Gabriel Jesus show, wasn't it? And, mm. and you know, that that's interesting given that their backup striker now doesn't want to be a striker so well I <laughs> think really, he does you think you, mm, yeah I mean Pep well, but okay well Pep doesn't see him as that clearly because I think he he's, he looks like he's happy to play him on the right which means more competition for Mares potentially which isn't again this versatility thing all these players are so versatile Mares isn't I think that that is a massive thing that, that works against him from an FPL point of view 
Um, is Torres a long-term solution? No. Are City going to buy someone? I don't think they are. Like they're being linked with all kinds of names now, Lewandowski, Aubameyang. But I think realistically, they're going to go into this with no recognised striker again. And I think they're just going to, they're just going to chop and change. It could be Sterling, it could be Gundogan, it could be KDB, it could be Torres. Mm. It's going to be a nightmare. Jesus yeah. will play up front for a bit. It's just an absolute nightmare. So every week, if you've got him, you're going to be looking at that lineup, thinking, yeah. is he going to be playing well, up that's front? That's how, that's how I just, felt about it. That's, that's why I, I'm kind of not regretting too much getting rid of Torres and Mahrez. It was always going to be the plan, but more on that bit. Uh, let's talk about this. This is the international break reprieve. We spoke last week about players uh, departing for South American qualifiers, but also uh, Asian African qualifiers as well and coming back and having to be forced into quarantine. The Premier League came out and made a statement regarding that and have said that they will en masse refuse to release their players to the internationals. But it's not the end of the story, is it? It's it's a crazy story, really. I mean, you know, it's it's crazy enough that in a pandemic, players are able to, well, we're thinking of travelling to redness yeah. countries and coming back and all this stuff. I mean, it happened last season and it was it was completely nuts. And then it looks like the, the you know, the Premier League have taken a stance and said they won't be allowed to. And then it's FIFA who have come out, really, and said, you know, they basically need to be released. They've written to Boris Johnson to try and gain some kind of exemptions to the rule. Um, and they've, well, this was reported by The Athletic today, who say Premier League clubs have today reluctantly but unanimously decided not to release players for international matches played in red list countries. The club decision, which is strongly supported by the Premier League, will apply to nearly 60 players from 19 Premier League clubs who are due to travel to 26 different red list mm. countries. Um, extensive discussion have taken place with both the FA and the government uh, to find a solution, but due to ongoing public health concerns around incoming travellers, no exemption has been granted. So that's from the Premier League, sorry, not from, not from FIFA. Yeah, that was the other day. That was the day before yesterday. So that, so that was the other day, yeah. And now um, the Athletic have reported that FIFA have said players will actually be banned from playing for their clubs if they don't travel to these countries, um, which runs until September the 9th, plus a further five days. So essentially they would be banned from playing for their clubs during the international break, plus a further five days, which would exclude them from games on the weekend of the September the 11th and 12th. And if they play on these games, the clubs could face disciplinary action from FIFA. So essentially, if players go on international duty, they won't be able to play that game week because they'll be in hotel quarantine. And if they don't go, they could face bans from FIFA and not be able to play in that game anyway. It is absolutely crazy. So it's unknown, isn't it? I mean, crazy. If, if, you know, we've got we've got players uh, affected by this. Most of you know, like Antonio's in the mix now. Um, I think um, Salah, of course. Um, obviously, all the Brazil players. So that's Rafinha, Firmino, Thiago, and so on. Right? Not Thiago. What I'm talking about um, Fabinho. So it's like there's a whole host of players that are affected. Some FBL assets, some not. But um, it's uncertainty. It's, we, we, you know, yesterday, 24 hours ago, it looked, oh, well, hallelujah, it's all over. We haven't got to worry about it, right? And, I, you know, we can go and buy Rafina, et cetera. Now it's like, hmm, when are we going to get our answer? What do we do? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, even from, you know, morally speaking, I think it's completely ridiculous. I, like I said at the start, I, you know, Red lit players shouldn't be travelling to red list countries and then mm, coming back. No. You know, given given the state of how things are in the UK at the moment, anyway. So morally speaking, it's ridiculous. But you know, the fact the Premier League have taken this stance with it is is quite strong on on their part. And for FIFA to to be putting these extra sanctions in, I, I think is is just it's, it's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So I I just I think you need to keep this stuff in mind. And Rafina as well is 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 someone who a lot of people are buying. Who mm. We don't know what's going to happen with him. As well, so 
He was, he was my with... transfer, right? That was the yeah. plan I was going to do. It was going to be Son of Athena in. And, and this whole saga has put me off. Obviously made my transfers. Then it was announced that the Premier League has said this. So I was like, oh, I could have done that after all. But now it's like, well, maybe not. It's crazy. And, and I think you've got to wait till the final minute. If you haven't made your transfers now, hold on, I guess. And if you've got two transfers, think about your bench, I guess. You know, because you've got to anticipate there could be problems ahead of game week four. And, you know, we can't know for sure. Yeah, and, and well, it's, it's, it's lucky that we've got these these four million defenders emerging because we might, you know, I think Simakas is is a problem because he's going to be a bench player who obviously won't be yeah. playing, but at least we can move him on to Livermento, Duffy, these yeah. these guys. But yeah, I think having a having a, a bench is is essential really because there are some big big names not not playing. Simakas, uh, by the way, what a legend! He's done it. He's done it. He's it. This is what we said. Two clean sheets and an attacking return and a, and a prize prize. I mean, incredible to get the not one status. as well. And it, oh, you must feel dirty taking the not one, don't you? Off, off, off managers who have bought him this week, but not really. Uh, I, you don't. You don't care. You got no morals whatsoever. I feel. I feel great about it. Yeah, yeah, of course, I knew you would. <laughs> um, okay, let's look at some stats. We like looking at stats on this show, Mister Ben Foster. You'll get used to it. Uh, team data, defense. Um, so familiar sight at the top there. It's Chelsea. So this table is sorted by minutes per XG conceded, non-penalty. Um, so taking penalties out of the equation, which teams have conceded the highest XG, which teams have conceded the lowest. Chelsea right at the top, their defence. No surprise. I think we went into this season anticipating this, didn't we? Two cow effect again, right? Yeah, it's they're, they're just they're just crazy. I mean, as you expected, yeah. I mean, expected goals conceded is, is just look at it. <laughs> 285.7 I mean it's one big chance conceded one big chance conceded yeah it, they, they just look well they just look complete I mean they've played Palace and Arsenal so not the two best sides no, of course. To, to judge but at the same time you can only beat what's in front of you and they've done it in the most in the best way possible I yeah think. of course so one caveat is all the data we show tonight is from two games of course so and, and it's taken from Fancy Football Scout membership era as well should add that as well of course um, Wolves Reece James though Reese James though, just just quickly mm. I mean you, we had this last season didn't we we knew he was going to be an asset when he played you you had him right from the start he probably missed a few too many games to, to be that player and Chelsea weren't really keeping clean sheets it was a bit of a problem but now You've got the clean sheets, you've got this attacking potential, you've got Lukaku. Even if he plays, what, two in three? Still looks pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, what do you make of him being moved to right wing back? Yeah. Well, that's where he should play. That's where his, that's where his best assets are. But why? Why, is, why the sudden move now? I think I know the answer, but go on. Yeah, hmm, I, I wonder. It's not maybe maybe it has something to do with the £95 million forward that they think can win a couple of crosses that he'll, he'll put in. Uh they're just playing to Lukaku's strengths. I think that's the, the whole team. I've, I've never known a team so well set up for, for for someone like Lukaku to benefit from. They've got so much creativity with Mount and Havertz. They're going to have like Chilwell and, and um, James crossing the balls in. They're going to be, they're going to be a hard team to stop yeah. this season. I, I, I mean, I, I think, I think they're going to win the league. Are, are you happy to commit to James? Do you think now he's nailed on? Because Rudiger's obviously the safer bet, but you don't like safe bets. So you're going to go James, would you? <laughs> I'd go James. I'd go James over Rudiger. Right. Yeah, I think so. And I think we've got we've got the options to be able to do that with you know with, with and not having to spend too much in defence to to kind of cover it. Um, but would I move for him now? I'm I'm not too sure. Not with the fixtures the way they are. I still mm. think. I still think we we can we can wait. Uh, other defences that stand out for me here is uh, Wolves obviously second, which I didn't expect. We knew they were going to be a bit more an attacking team. 
Um, but I didn't expect their defence to hold out so well. And there's a certain defender we're going to touch on when we look at the KPIs later. Mm. Uh, Brentford and Watford. My old friend. Yeah, my old friend. <laughs> but Brentford and Watford doing okay, right? You know, got promoted. They, they, they're not scoring goals, but we we thought the Watford defence would have something about it. Batman, she's made one save. He's only had to make one yeah. save so far. Um, That's so why that, a lot of people went for him, right? Yeah. they thought he was going to be making save after save. But, but their defence, 101.7 minutes per XG conceded. Brentford on 104. I just want to draw your attention to Liverpool, right? Just hold this fault, right? Liverpool have played Norwich and Burnley, right? So when you say Chelsea haven't had difficult games, you can't really say Liverpool have either. And yet they're down there 77.3 and three big chances conceded so far. Just bear that in mind when we talk about a certain I can, Well, I can give you one reason why Liverpool haven't conceded. And yeah, that is Alisson. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they've made mistakes, they've given away opportunities, right? Um, so we've got Trent and we've got Simicass. We've been very fortunate to get double clean sheets out of those two, haven't we? I'll say that is um, a But we'll take it. Certainty, yep, absolutely. Uh, Spurs defence down there, 50.4 minutes per XG uh, non-penalty. Again, that surprises me because I thought under Nuno they would be tighter. They've kept the two clean sheets, though. Again, very fortunate if you've had mm. Spurs defenders to this point. But Lloris has been a factor there in keeping those. Yeah. Uh, and now they've you know they got two good fixtures coming up. But after that, obviously, stiffens up. Are you looking at a Spurs defender? I think you you there was whispers of Reguilón coming in for you. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit annoyed with myself because I I made some moves on I made my move on Sunday, which was White down to Livramento because um, I thought White was going down, and. To be fair, I I didn't expect what happened on Monday to happen, which was because I was considering Barnes for the captaincy. Oh. And then obviously Barnes puts in that performance and Leicester put in that performance and Ben Rama and Antonio were so good. I had to bring Ben Rama in. And then that meant I that, I downgraded from, from Barnes. So I could actually have done White up to Regulon. And I'm kind of kicking myself now a little bit because I've got Livermento starting against Newcastle and I could have had... Regular in these two games, so I'm a little bit concerned that I've I've made a bit of an error there. But these numbers are fairly encouraging. I mean, you, you talk about Lloris. The other reason mm. why Spurs have kept a clean sheet is um is Traore not being able to finish. Oh yeah, they could have they could have conceded about four goals in that in that match, and that's why their their stats are so down because they were they were so lucky to to hold on to that. Yeah, but the fixtures are good for for Spurs. I've just got to hope Saar does does a bit of damage. Yep. Uh, let's look at attacking data. Um, yeah, West Ham at the top. No surprise, really, when the eye tests we've seen from both games. I mean, we did say that they fly out the blocks pre-season. They have more minutes than anybody. They ended the season well, of course, and Ben Rahm has just slotted into that Lingard slot, if you like, uh, and taken the mantle up in, as being the creative force. But Antonio, Mikel Antonio, let's hear it. I mean, what a player. I, d- I don't care about Lister having 10 men. I don't care about how poor they were. I don't care about a lot of a lot of stuff. What I do care about is what I see in the match. And what I see in the match is a telepathic understanding between Ben Rama and Antonio, reminiscent of Fraser Wilson, Son Kane, all of these dynamic duos that we've seen in the past. And they just know where each other is on the pitch. And they and they, you know, Ben Rama just playing that ball straight into Antonio. Antonio winning the ball off Sonja Billy even have to look up and he passes it straight into Ben Rama's pass. It's, it's that kind of combination which is not just devastating in the league, but just so good for our FPL teams because they're looking for each other and they're going to assist and score together and you're going to get kind of double the points. Um, and what I also saw was just just Antonio, just the, 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 he's unplayable when, when, he's, yeah. when he plays like he is doing. I mean, he's, he's bulked up, I think, even more than he has done in previous seasons. 
I wasn't getting the same fear when he was when he was running. No. That his hamstring was going to go. He looks like fingers crossed that is behind him for at least a little bit. But it's not just that the the, the touch he, t- he took for, for his for his second goal and the finish, you know, the little topo. He, he's a proper forward now. He's not a winger turned forward. He's no. now a central for a, a don't swear a very good. Central. Well, look at the forward. finish at Newcastle when Balmarama put him through. There was a lot to do there, but absolutely, you know, the confidence is flowing with him. And I, I know, as a Forest fan, when he's totally fit, he's really hard to stop. And, and so it proved. And Sionchu like couldn't handle him. I mean, Sionchu's one of Sionchu's strengths. I would have thought would be the physical battles, the one to ones. He didn't get near him, did he? Um, you know, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's the same with Lukaku. How, how do you stop these forwards up front who are just going to bully your centre backs? Are so physically strong. They're just going to mm. win headers. They their their touch is going to like take it around players. They can finish. They can score one on ones. They've got the whole package. And he is in that kind of elite tier at the moment. But it's the service playing. as well, right? It's not just Ben Rama. It's Creswell and Sufau. Right? The, the system is perfect. Perfect. Yeah, Moyes has set that perfect. team up to exploit Antonio's strengths. So they just need to keep him fit. And the, obviously, the flying Yorkman is the European football, right? We know the Europa League is going to come in. How are they going to stretch their resources? How is that going to impact performances and results? That's the unknown that's coming up, right? So we've got to consider. I just don't, I just don't think they can play Antonio in Europe. No. I just don't think they can risk you it. You let it go, gonna... don't you? They've got a chance for top to. six, haven't they? You have to. You have to. You have to just say, look, Mikel, you're doing great in the league. You're our league striker. We don't have another striker. So, you know, you're going to miss those ones out and we'll see what we can do. I mean, they, I, can't, I can't believe they haven't signed a backup striker no. for Antonio because he is going to get injured at some point this well, season. Well, watch this space. I think they'll do something. But I mean, it's, it's, it's not just top six though. It's like they, they could realistically try and get that fourth spot, right? They could get that Leicester spot. You know, there, there's one up for grabs, I think. I mean, there's a lot of teams in transition, Arsenal and, and Spurs, of course, right? They could sneak in that final European spot, top four. And the way they started, Moyes has got to be thinking like that. They flirted with it last season. Top four is going to be a, a hell well, of a stretch. They nearly I mean, did it. Last, for City, a period last season, they looked like they could do it. It's squad depth, though, isn't it? I yeah. mean, Liverpool, City, Chelsea, United. Like, they're, if one of them doesn't make the top four, I mean, that is an absolute disaster of a season, given, you know, the resources, the money, the players, and the personnel they've got. I think West Ham should be pushing for a top six. I, I, yeah. I just can't, I can't see anyone. No, but they're arguably that 15. When you look at Spurs, <clears throat> Arsenal, Leicester. I mean, I'm not writing Leicester off. They will get it right. Rodgers is a great manager, right? He'll get it right. I think the system needs to change a bit, maybe. But I do think West Ham are in and with a shout of pushing the top four all the way this season, like wow. they did for periods last season. You know, I, but I like you say, I don't see one of those big four dropping out. I think Europe will hinder them. I think, yeah. you know, we, we can be full of confidence about them at the moment. They're playing great. But I do think when Europe starts, they can't rest everyone every week. So I think we're going to see, we, you know, if Ben Rama, Bowen... You know, Four Nows has been playing really well. Creswell is probably going to play. We, we might just see like little dips in their performances and that could cost them. And yeah. just going well, forward. I hope not. I bet we, it's something we've got to know. Uh, just at the foot of the <coughs> table there, 141.7 minutes per XG non-penalty. That's Leicester. That underlines the disappointing start they've made to the season. You know, not only is Barnes not fit, Leicester are amongst the strugglers in terms of creating chances so far this season. Um, just one big chance all season. Um, Villain. Below them, 155.2 minutes per XG non-penalty. You know, Ings is pulling out ridiculous goals and he obviously got the penalty with the, the other shot that he's had so far this season. But Villa, I, you know, they've been disappointing. It's going to take time, isn't it, to get those new players bedded in? Yeah, Buendia's been really poor. You know, people went for him, you know, in their teams for the first three weeks and, you know, they've seen players like Ben Rama, 
you know, Greenwood at seven five and and Rafinha all scoring and and Brindy has been been rubbish. So yeah, you're hard hard luck if you if you went for him. I mean, having not having Watkins, I think has affected them yeah. quite a lot. They need to get him back. They need that energy up front. You know, I think Ings is going to be a lot better with with him. But by the time Watkins is back, Villa's fixtures change and it's going to be difficult to you know to make a case for them. They've been really poor, really poor attacking wise. But when you've got Ings, who can score overhead kicks from a throw in. That's why they paid thirty odd million for him. Absolutely. Pull I mean, I still, I, I still, I still maintain that goal is better than Rooney's goal. No, I don't see it actually because I was hearing it being described and people were saying, "Oh, stop the goal of the season contest now!" And I was sat down watching match today and I thought, "Well, I'm ready for this." I watched it and went, "Yeah, it's a good goal. We'll see. We'll, we might see better than that next week." Do you, do I just, you... I love, I love that it was from a set play, something they'd worked yeah, on in training. Yeah, I love yeah. that he actually connected with it properly and didn't just hit his shin. Yeah, and the area of the goal it went in as well, right? And it was, it was. It was absolutely beautiful, that goal. Loved it. Not goal of the season, though. I can guarantee it won't be goal of the season. I think normally season, normally uh, the goal of the season is kind of like a mazy run or something, isn't it? Or a, or or a screamer goal. from like... Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Well, it'll, fantastic it'll goal. Um, player data. Um, okay. There's a player at the top. We, we'll talk about it in a bit later. He's only had one appearance, so obviously very small sample. Antonio, we were talking about him earlier, though. Minutes per XGI non-penalty, 92.2. We saw this last season, right? I know we've only got two matches now. But he was in the top three or four players for this metric last season, all season, and bang, he's popped up there again. No surprise, is it? No. <laughs> he's. What else can you say about him? Yeah. Minutes he's, per shot, 16.2. Three yeah. goals, three assists. Go down the list. Another player you've mentioned tonight, Traore. What's he doing there? Shot every 18 minutes. What's going on here? I think he's had 10, chance, 10 shots so far in two games. But crucially, look at the two numbers to the left of his name. Goals nil, assists nil. Mm. <laughs> and that is a problem with Traore. He's going to hit a massive return in the next few weeks. It's just how many twos and ones you put up with before he hits it. So you wouldn't go there then? Because, you know, I was toying with the idea. Like, I he, would go there. You would? I would, abs- I would absolutely go there. I, he's, he's such a fun player to watch. And and Wolves' fixtures after, after this United game are fantastic. Yeah, And he will hit a big return. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm. I think he's a good. He's a good Saar. You know, between him and Saar from next week, I think he's a bit of a toss-up. The thing that put me off was the transfer speculation with with yeah. Nuno sniffing about. Like, that's going to unsettle. That could see him missing a couple of games here and there. And if he does go to Spurs, it's a very different proposition. He's he's probably an impact sub, isn't he? Then I would have said. Yeah. So I don't be know. a shame. He's, he's will... either yeah. He's either the main man, sort of playing up front for Wolves, or he's not an option. Uh, Havertz, player I outline there, not getting the headlines in, in, the, in the two games so far. No goals, no assists, but I like what I'm seeing. A shot of 24.3, 109 minutes per XGI non-penalty. Calvert-Lewin, we know about, started the season very strongly. Uh, what do you make of Everton so far? They seem to be, you know, their mission is to get crosses in, get Calvert-Lewin service. But on penalties, didn't see that, did you? No, and a great penalty as well. Yeah. I can see why. You, you know, could have used him for England. <laughs> If we've got him on and, and let yeah. him take one, I didn't know. I didn't know he would be that confident at stepping up and, and smashing them in. Uh, yeah, I, I think he, I think he's he's a great option. I, I really do. And, and you talk about lots of the kind of elite managers going for him. I mean, for for pretty good reason. Hmm. I think he's 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 on he's on track for another probably 15, 20 goals this season. Uh, the the team set up. He's it's it's again it's this kind of system, isn't it? It's just a system that's built to to suit him. And the players they brought in like Townsend and Gray, they've got Dean whipping balls in. He's going to get loads of chances every match. So, yeah, really like him. He is. And I wager that Lukaku, Antonio and Calvert-Lewin will be seeing them stick around in this table all through the season. I yep. can't see it anything other result. Those two, those three players, 
are going to take lots of shots and get high XG in most matches um, or over the course of the season. And we'll be seeing them in this table. It's, all it's, the tri- time. it's tricky because because like I'm I'm considering next like we're off the internationals going for Jimenez over Calvert right. as someone a little bit different. But then you look at this list and Jimenez is even on there. No. <laughs> so you know you're you're then trying to make a case against the two, and you think, well, all the stats point to Calvert-Lewin. And I could try and be a bit different, and so you go for Calvert-Lewin. And this is like what you're saying. It kind of the logical, sensible things are kind of winning out at the moment. And yeah. I'd, I'd like to see if I saw him as on this list, I'd think maybe I could make a case for it. But the fact he's not makes me think, yeah, he might just be trying to be a bit different for the same. This is exactly it. It's like the logical cases are delivering, right? And and that we've not we're not used to it collectively as we uh, as a community we're not used to them all coming off and us all to be seeing green arrows mm. and decent ranks um yeah, it's not everybody i know some people have had bad game weeks perhaps because they've taken risks even there like i've done but as a whole we, we've started the season strongly because the logical picks that formed the early pre-season template have delivered um and obviously we're quick to get on antonio and, and ben rama if you didn't get on them initially um, but yeah, I, I do think it's not too much of a prediction to say Calvert-Lewin, Antonio Lukaku, in terms of this metric, minutes per XGI on penalty, will be right up there. Okay, let's talk about Lukaku. Because <laughs> one of the reasons why I went for him, there's many reasons, um, and it's really hard to form a lucid argument because there's so, many, so much going on in my head. But that performance against Arsenal, and we can say it was just Arsenal. Right? And we can say that. But what I would say to counter that was Lukaku had been with the team a week. And Tuchel said after the game, we just put him in there to see how he would fit in. We haven't talked about coaching details yet. right? So they haven't actually sat down with Lukaku and the team and gone, this is how we're going to play. They just put him in and lo and behold, he produced the data and the performances that we saw. So although it's just Arsenal, I would count that by saying this is his first game in a team he hasn't played with before with just a week of training. So mm. that's a pretty powerful argument as well. And the numbers he produced, what I wanted to do, obviously, eight shots, seven in the box. No one's bettered that so far this season. It's the best so far. What I wanted to do is look back at last season. Only two players on two performances had more shots in the box than Lukaku against Arsenal. And that was Watkins against Palace who hilariously had nine shots in the box, three big chances, and didn't score a goal. <laughs> yeah, well, make of that what you will. Um, and um, Mo Salah against Leeds United on the opening day of the season, where obviously a lot of us captained him, um, and he got a hat-trick. So two performances in terms of shots in the box bettered Lukaku last season. One of them delivered a hat-trick. That, for me, puts into perspective how impressive the numbers he produced were. And then I went further and thought, well, let's have a look at Lukaku's numbers over his career in the Premier League. He's only bettered it twice versus Leicester City in game week 26 in 14-15, in which he only got an assist. Three big chances, nine shots in the box. And then against Sunderland in 16-17, and he got a hat-trick. So not only is this Sunday's performance in terms of shots in the box quite remarkable in terms of comparing to last season's performances, but as a career milestone, it's his third best performance ever in the Premier League. And let's not forget, for Everton, he, he got 225 points or 221 points mm. in one season. So as a first impression, it was pretty powerful for me. Any comment on that? Yeah, I mean, he couldn't have done any more. Like you say, all he can do is, is play the opponents that he's got on paper and 
putting that kind of performance. I mean, the 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 big caveat is it was Arsenal, and mm. we saw Tony absolutely bully uh, Mary and and White the week before. Yeah, but how but, many shots did Tony have? Well, he didn't because he was playing a slightly different role. I think we we kind of thought maybe Lukaku would adopt a similar role to what Tony did, which was bully the players and bring other players into the game. And instead, he just got the ball turned and shot at every opportunity that, that he could, which is exactly what you want from an FPL perspective. I mean, the question is, for me, he's got a tough run of fixtures, but how many teams will actually be able to stop him? And I think Liverpool is obviously the biggest test because they've got mm. Van Dijk, but he's not fully fit. So I think, you know, I can't... I think, you know, he's, he's more than capable of getting a goal in that. And then he's got what, like Villa, Spurs? Well, let's look at it. Next four, right? I'm ready for you. Because right, this is an argument that's been put up and I totally get it. Right, The fixtures are hard. Liverpool away, Villa at home, Spurs away, City at home. Chelsea scored in every one of those fixtures last season without Lukaku. So I think it's reasonable to suggest that they will and, or can and will score in all four games. And I think Villa at home with Lukaku is a different proposition. They drew one all last season, but they, they got 1.62 XG from open play, which was almost double their average per match. So they dominated the game, had lots of chances, didn't score, got a one-all draw. But they did win at Anfield last season and they did win at uh, Spurs last season, 1-0. Lost to City at home, 3-1. So they've scored against all those teams in those fixtures last season without Lukaku. To me, that suggests they can score in these matches now, right? Well, Liverpool are a different option this 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 year. I mean, they've got Van Dijk back, yeah. Bino probably out of those games. They've you know they're they're not the same team they were. I think Liverpool are the are the the tricky one, the, the test yeah. for him. Wouldn't I wouldn't back against him getting goal in there, but it's you know Liverpool away is, is obviously going to be tough. But yeah, I mean then Villa and Spurs, I'm I'm definitely not backing on him not scoring in in those two. And then City. I mean the question marks are like you're not going to captain him, are you? You're not going to captain. Him. You, I mean you might captain him in Villa. But you've also got Fernandez at home to Newcastle. Yeah. So, I mean, Villa's Villa's defensive numbers this season haven't been too bad, even though their attacking ones have been. So I think that that's a brave call, I think, if you go for Lukaku in that game. You're not going to catch him against Spurs, you're not going to catch him against City. So you're paying a lot of money for that third premium who you're not going to captain. But I just I just think it's funny that you've gone from like you're the first black box, you were like, I'm gonna have one premium, I'm gonna have Salah, I'm gonna captain him every week. Now you've got three. Yeah, because you've gone full. You've gone full circle. I go back to those numbers that we saw, and I I was fully prepared to, for Lukaku to do well against Arsenal, but I wasn't prepared for what I saw, which was not only Lukaku looking fit, playing ninety minutes, but just the way Chelsea immediately just went, well, this is how we're going to play to him, and and it being that effective, I was like, okay, this is this is something different. This is a level I didn't expect, and I know it was just Arsenal, but it was just you look at it and think. You know, Chilwell or Alonso on the left, James on the right, Havertz and Mount around him. You've got yeah. Jorginho, Kante uh, and Kovacic feeding him from midfield, ball to feet, which Arsenal let him do. I mean, I don't... Surely Liverpool look at that and go, we're going to screen that. We're not going to get Lukaku, let him have ball to feet. The trouble is where where Lukaku differs, I think, from the likes of Calvert-Lewin and even Kane at the moment is Lukaku's got the ball over the top. He can run you with pace. He can obviously dominate in the air from crosses and he's got that ball to feet and turning on it, right? So he, he, there's always one way you think where if you stop him this way, he can exploit us this way. Whereas I look at Kane and Cavalier and they don't quite have that now. Kane used mm. to, but he hasn't got that. You can't knock a ball over the top and play to his pace, right, anymore, I don't think. So I think 
although I look at these defenses, I think City and Liverpool will have the weapons to stop him. But there's, it's not easy. I just, I don't think you can be certain. So I'm okay with him having some potential in these games, but I totally see it. And it is a gamble going for him in these matches. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the question is, I mean, Calvert-Lewin, for example, costs, Mm. what, 3.4 less or whatever it is. Brighton away, Burnley at home, Villa away, Norwich at home before game week seven, which is when you want to get. So can you confidently say that Lukaku outscores Calvert-Lewin with those fixtures that he's got? But is is Lukaku a better player than Calvert-Lewin? Yes. Are Chelsea a better team than Everton? Yes. Will Lukaku get better service than Luke Calvert-Lewin? Yes. So, so if you if you if you were doing a dra- if you're doing a, a draft game if you're doing a draft game for the next four weeks, would you pick Lukaku or Cavalouin? It's very difficult because we've only seen one game of Lukaku, isn't it? Oh well, I know exactly. It's, so it's, it's, I think it's, it's, I would advise going Cavalouin, but I think there's every chance that Lukaku could do something ridiculous in one of these games, and and I think if he scores at Anfield, there's going to be a bit more panic about that Villa game. And I know we're sitting here now going, we're going to captain Bruno in that game week. But if he scores at Anfield and looks impressive again, there's going to be a, quite a lot of fear, I think, in terms of him going in mm. against Villa. Um, yeah. and, I, and, and him scoring at Anfield, as we showed with the defensive data, if we go back to that, they've already conceded three big chances to Norwich and Burnley. Do we really think they're not going to give up a big chance to Lukaku? No, I mean they will. They will. I mean, I, I can, I can see, I can see Lukaku scoring in all of the next games, but I can also see Calvert-Lewin scoring in all the next games. But like you say, Chelsea are a better team yeah. than Everton, and Lukaku is is a better striker. I don't, I, and, and you're probably not going to captain Calvert-Lewin. So, I mean, this is like I, I, I'm not going to, you know, on the on the chat, I was kind of giving you the, the genuine advice, which was I thought with the way your team was with those two City players, and I think given that you know you wanted to try and steal a march on some things and. You know, you know, you might even be able to avoid playing the wild card in game week seven yeah, well, as well. Now, now, now that you've done this, there's lots of there's lots of pros of, of getting Lukaku in now. Um, it's just it's it is it is just a it's just a tough decision. It, it's one of those ones where I feel like it could go either way, and I feel like you you could you could just go for Calvert Lewin for the next four, and you know, sort of see him as the compar- as the kind of comparison yeah, to Lukaku. I, I, Take I, I the totally price rises, do. see what happens. Use that three million to upgrade someone else. And, and and go from there. But that doesn't mean that your way isn't, isn't but, right. I'm not going to slate it, just different different. Strategy, what I right? will say about Calvert-Lewin is if you're coming up against Calvert-Lewin and it's Brighton and Burnley next, if you're, if you're Potter or Deitch, you go, we stop the service to Calvert-Lewin. Mm. Calvert-Lewin <clears throat> isn't Lukaku in terms of he can get a goal out of nothing himself, in my opinion. If you stop the service to Calvert-Lewin, he'll dry up. And Calvert-Lewin, four periods in seasons, as we've seen, because we've owned him, has dried up, right? So there's no... I don't know how certain it is that he's going to continue to do... One of his goals has been a penalty as well, right? So I think Brighton and Burnley both are equipped to deal with Calvert-Lewin, but if they don't stop the service into him, he will get goals. But So it's bleeding obvious what you do to stop Calvert-Lewin. I reckon Klopp and his team are sitting there going, right, how do we stop Lukaku? And it's a bit of a tougher job because mm. there's many ways you'd have to deal with him based on what I saw on Sunday. And Chelsea, I think, are better equipped to, as a team to get Lukaku chances and Everton are to get Calvert-Lewin chances. But we'll see. Yep. And and you're going with that... Um, well, no, you're, you're going against... We, we said defensive yeah. things do better in the tough fixtures and attacks don't, right? So you're kind of yeah. going, going against that. Yeah, I, I guess it's just the kind of explosive potential. I mean, I think I think Lukaku will do well in the next four. I mean, he could get three goals, which is which is about what you'd expect. I, for think, I think I'll 11, probably get 11. two. 5. It depends on that Villa game. Two or three. 
It depends on that Villa game, doesn't it? That's the one. Right? I think he could blank at Liverpool. I, I don't know how Van Dijk's going to deal with him, but it'd be really interesting that because I don't think Van Dijk is fully up to speed yet. And he's so... And I don't think Lukaku is either. It's a good time. So, it's a good time to go to Anfield for Chelsea, for sure. They wouldn't want to be having this game sort of tail end of the season. They, mm. The fact they're going there now, they can put a real marker down if they win that. And I, I think they can. I think I don't think Liverpool are quite ready to face Chelsea yet. I think Chelsea strike me as an efficient result machine at the moment. Um, they were last season, and they're even more so now. And I don't know. I look at that Liverpool defence and think they're going to concede some chances and I think Chelsea could take them. So it's going to be a really interesting game that. And then it, then it comes down to what does he do against Villa City would be tough. But I, I don't see Lukaku doing too much against City because I think Pep will strangle him basically. Uh, mm. They'll get players around him. They'll stop, the, they'll stop service into him. I don't think he'll get anything out of that game personally. But we'll see. Um, okay, let's talk about another player. Again, we've touched on. We're looking at Traore earlier. This is... Um, KPI tables on the Fancy Football Scout membership uh, area, members area. I always use these quite a lot, um, but I think they're quite neglected because what they do is they allow you to compare some key indicators, which is minutes per chance, minutes per chance created, minutes per goal, minutes per pass received, and so on. And you can compare them for two different intervals. So what I've done here is compare the first two games of this season to that data for that player last season. And if you see green cells, that's an increase. So in other words, the core is minutes per chance are up 116.4%, right? So he's getting more chances than he did last season based on the first two games. It's early days. It's two weeks data. But we know this, right? Anecdotally, DeCorey's been given a license to get forward and we're seeing it here in this table, right? Yeah, he has. He's, he's my pick of, of the midfield. You know, you've got Gray there, you've got Townsend, you've got, you know, whoever else. I mean, I don't think Everton have got a really huge amount of options. I think defensively, they're a no-go. They look completely suspect at the back. You know, a lot of people with Dean, I think, are going to be moving off. But... If you are going to be going for the likes of Lukaku, Kane, you need these 5.5 options. Mm. And you've got your mate Embremo, you know, there at 5.5. Five. But I think Decore is someone who, who could be who could be up there. I love Decore. Do you? I love him. I, I genuinely think he's, he's an absolute top player. I, I, I always did when he was at Watford, when he signed for Everton. But we've seen, he did play, do you remember he, he was playing this kind of role yeah. for Watford? Yeah, for a bit, he, yeah, kind he of pushed 10 role. goals, didn't he? He did, and he, and he, and he was really good at it. So... If he's going to be doing that for Everton at 5-5, then I'm interested. Interesting, like minutes per pass received is down 41%. He's getting less passes into him. And that maybe reflects the new role that he's further forward. He's mm. not in that in the engine room, so to speak. Um, Traore is second. Look at this. You know, his minutes per chance up 109%. Chance created up 28%. Everything is up. Touches in the box up 100%. So, you know, more or less the key factors have all doubled. Goal attempts in the box, shots in the box, rather... Touches the box and chances all doubled on his previous season's data. It's there in black and white. What isn't there is the end product. No. <clears throat> and I'm, I always do my little rants about Traore, people putting their arm around him and trying to get the most out of him and stuff. But yeah, I don't, I don't know how much more you can do. I don't, I don't know what more you can say to him other than just finish a goal, please. Like, it's all we need from you. You do everything. Like, we keep greasing you up. We're spending a fortune on baby oil. <laughs> like, we need you to put the ball in the net. Yeah. Oh, it'll come, I think. I think you're right. He will have a match where he, he bursts. And I, I was very, very tempted. But And this data is just extraordinary. The numbers he's creating, and Wolves as well, second for, for shots uh, this season so far. Incredible. It's quite encouraging to see Smith Rowe up there. Mm. I, I, I knew he'd started well, but I didn't think that he'd started kind of like showing prospect you know, as, as a fancy prospect. I didn't think he'd shown enough. But actually, when you look at this, 
he's had more chances on average per minute than he did last season. Uh, he's getting more touches in the box by a third um, per match, per minute rather than he did last season. So he is showing up in this data as a prospect. Mm. I think he's had a price drop as well, didn't he, last night? Yeah, he's down to 5-4. I mean, Odegaard's coming now, so his, his number 10 role's mm. suspect, but he played with Odegaard last season. You know, he just kind of shifted over to the right. I think Williams done. Pepe's lurking around. I don't know. I don't feel too confident about Smith. I think he's probably been Arsenal's brightest player, but they've been so poor that it's hard to really single anyone out. But if he's there on his own at number 10, then I'm all for it. But I think there's, there's, there's options now they've got and I, I wouldn't go there. I think I'd rather have to call it at 5-5 five, five now. Would you? I mean, this is sorted by the increase in minutes per chance and some names in there which are reassuring. Rafina's showing up well already after two games, mm-hmm. beating his averages from last season. What a finish. I know. Yeah, and he should have scored week one as well. Arguably. I know. I mean, yeah. I, I fear him. I haven't got him and that was going to be my transfer. Um, and the uncertainty around the internationals obviously has played a part in my my thinking. But I, yeah, I'm, I don't doubt he's a great pick and going to be a great asset over the season, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, yeah he, he's, he, he was that kind of long-term player that, that people were earmarked at the start. They kind of ignored the fixtures and just said he's 6-5, playing for an attacking lead side. He's going to be in my team all season. I'll just stick him in and, and you know, get, get rewarded game week two. is must be nice because... He's not just a long-term pick because he can score in, in kind of the tougher games as well. Uh, he's he's fantastic. And you look at Tony, for example, and you think they're both 6'5". If you're picking now, there's you're you, you going Rafinha 100%, aren't you? Yeah. Interestingly, we go down the list. Um, Greenwood, um, his minutes per pass received is down by 25%. Touches in the box down 44.8. Goal attempts in the box down as well. He's not in the box as much, right? Even though he played the central attacking role in the first game, but we saw him surrender that and give space to, to Bruno, didn't we? And then in, against Anthony, he was out wide. What do you make of Bruno going forward? Because I, um, sorry, Greenwood going forward, because I saw tonight Rashford's back in training. So that's another kind of variable in the mix as well. He is, he is the player in form. He's a great option. Would you bring him in now? I mean, how many weeks go by before you start thinking, no, he's not the move now? I mean, he's got Newcastle at home and I'm, I'm terrified about him, what he could do in, in that match, if he, if he particularly plays up front in mm. that. But yeah, past that, I, I'd be too worried. I think, you know, Ole, Solskjaer just loves Martial. I know, I don't reason, get it. And doesn't see him as a, as a left winger, sees him as a, as a centre striker. And I, I just can't, I, I don't really know what's going to happen when, you know, Sancho is, is going to nail down either the right or the left. I'm expecting it to be the right and then Rashford on the left when he's fit. And then, and then it's going to be Cavani, Martial, and Greenwood finding it out for for up front. So it's it's a risk, but I don't know. I think I, I could see why you'd you'd bring him in for for that Newcastle game. Yeah, but past that, I, I think he, he could be a bit of a problem. Rashford's come back sooner than I thought, so that really does cloud it a bit. Mm. Um, if you got him, you hold him, and I and, and you know he's been a a big success. Perhaps fortunate with the the goal at Southampton, but you know I I think he deserves that starting role, but I just. I just don't think he'll nail it down once once Cavani and Rashford are back in the in the picture. Uh, Grealish's numbers are interesting. He's creating chances sixty eight percent slower at City so far than he did at Villa. Um, he's getting the ball more often, which mm. is I, I'm surprised at. So I guess they have the ball more often, though City. Right, that's what it is. But twenty three percent increase in passes received. So they're getting the ball to him, but he's not creating as much. I mean, this is quite handy, isn't it, to look at this and go right. This is what we're getting from Grealish at City compared to what he had at Villa. Well, it's encouraging with the goal attempts in the box, you know, shots on target, yeah. touches in the penalty area. These are all key 
stats for me, you know, and, and they're getting him in the more attacking areas more than they did at Villa, which is, which is great. And, and actually the goal he scored, sorry, <coughs> sorry, so I got a bit of a, bit of um, the goal he scored, although it wasn't, let's not say, it wasn't the most elegant Very goal. Very fortunate. Wasn't yeah, it wasn't the most elegant goal I've ever seen. The fact he's there sort of poaching on, yeah, yeah. on the kind of, you know, right by the, right by the goal line is, is really encouraging because you don't, you know, we were worried that he was going to be a guy who sits in the middle of the park, sprays the ball around, assists his sister and all that. But he is definitely driving into those areas. So I've got him. I'm not amazed by his performances so far from an FPL perspective, but these stats are encouraging. You hold him for Arsenal, don't you? And then lower down, we, sure. we see Barnes down there, as we saw, you know, minutes per minutes per chance, he's down 118%. Minutes per chance, great, down 57%. Not surprising from what we've seen from the eye test, the numbers bear it out. Zaha struggling as well. I mean, I thought mm. Zaha would, would maybe flourish under Vieira, but Palace have struggled for any kind of goal threat. They haven't scored a goal yet in three games nowadays. Zaha not a factor yet. I'm hoping that he, once the fixtures get better, Zaha, I want Zaha to be someone we look at this season. Yeah, my rant about Vieira putting his arm around him. You're my boy, you're my star. Not working we'll yet. Pull trees up. Nah, they're not doing it at all. They've been, they've been shocking, really, Palace, haven't they? Yeah. Re- really, really poor. And I can't see it getting any better for them. Top, really tough I think Conor Gallagher's performance is encouraging. I think yeah, there's, there's potential there, but there's a long way to go, and Vieira needs a lot of time, I think, to turn that team around. Yep. Um, the strikers are um, obviously um, dominated by Antonio's numbers, all up from last season. I mean, I thought he did well last season, but when you see this, minutes per chance up 64%. We've talked about him enough tonight. It's just ridiculous. Um, but Calvert-Lewin, again, his, his performances are up from last season. And again, now that's a striker that I thought couldn't improve too much from what we saw last season. I thought but he'd regress. I thought, yeah. I thought Ancelotti was, was the one that, you know, had earmarked him as being this like amazing player, saw something no one else had seen. And, you know, with him gone, I thought maybe Melitas wouldn't have that same thoughts about him, but clearly does. And you can see from the way the system is and the way they, they shape up to get the most out of him. So he's improving. He's, he's definitely a player that, that's improving each year. So I'm not, I'm not too surprised to see this from that perspective. But yeah, these, these are encouraging stats with the fixtures that he's got as well. Bamford and Ings, not so much. So Bamford down there, minutes per chance down by 37%. He's touching the box down by 30%. Goal attempt in the box down by 25%. Not surprising that follows. Yet to see it from him, but the good fixtures are coming. Um, People could get on him early. As an alternative, they don't need to go from Ings to Calvalu and they could look to Bamford. But I guess yep. Rafina's a factor, right? Yeah, 6-5 Rafina's still still so attractive, isn't it? And Bamford, I think we're all we're all expecting to regress this season anyway and kind of is or looks like I he wasn't. is. I wasn't. I was hoping he'd kick off. Really? Yeah, mm. I, I was hoping, but it, it hasn't happened so far, has it? But Leeds obviously have had Fairly tough fixtures to begin with. Yeah, Phillips it. was out for the first game, but you've, you've always got that. You've always got Rodrigo knocking around. I do wonder when we're going to start seeing more of him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't personally go for Bamford at the moment. I, I prefer Jimenez. I mean, look at Jimenez's stats, which is which is surprising here, given yeah. given the injury he suffered. He's um his minutes per chance creator up. I mean, he's, he's minutes per chance is created particularly for Jimenez are really really high. Like he he really is um creating a lot of chances for his teammates and. Given the way Wolves attack, they're using him in that kind of as that kind of creative hub. But then also his goal attempts are up as well. He looks pretty strong. It's encouraging. It is encouraging. But we, he needs to get that first goal, doesn't he, to get over that first hurdle? And then oh, the, Wol- the celebrations when he scores. Goal, when oh, he yeah. scores that goal, it's going to be. I think everyone will be crying. I'll be crying. He'll be crying. <laughs> Fans well, will be crying. 
to be fair, when Traoré scores his first goal, I think I'll be crying as well. Yeah. It's long overdue, let's face it. Long um, white beard. Thank God. Finally. Yeah, ZZ top beards by the time he gets there. <laughs> um, let's look at fullbacks because talking of Wolves, Tomato's at the top here. So in terms of chances created this season, he's up 103% on last season and he's up in all major indicators. Crosses up 111%, successful passes, final third, up by 42%. Clearly, his role... Um, is is increasing in in attacking firms anyway, and and you've got him on your watch list. A bit of a spoiler. Oh, Would you gonna, go there again? I'm gonna have to. Would I'm you? gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. He's he's Five a wing million? back. He's a wing back. I, I've got. I'm a sucker for wing backs. He's four nine. He's gone down. Has he gone down? Right, he's I've gone. He's, he's gone down to four nine. His stats are like the best of all defenders at the moment. Mm. And again, we talk about systems. The system is looking to unlock him as much as possible. The trouble is, he's got no real end product and he's crossing to Triore, who's also got no real end product. So, I mean, do two negatives make a positive? I'm not entirely convinced they do, but I, I just, you see stats like that. The thing is, we, like, I, I remember when, when he signed for, for Wolves, I looked at his, I thought, oh, he's going to be a wing back. He's going to be creating chances. His stats at Barcelona are pretty good. His goals and assists mm. aren't, but his general stats are. And he just barely got anything. So um, I am proceeding with caution, but the fixtures are so good for Wolves that I'm I'm definitely going to be getting in one of Semedo or Jimenez, I think, um, after the international break. And what's surprising me here as well is, um, on Tierney, he doesn't surprise me. With The eye test has said that he's been a standout, mm. but he's got the injury again. You just can't rely on him. He's so injury prone, isn't he? That's such a shame. And we just have to hope he becomes a factor in our season. Because I like him a lot. I mean, he's got some goal threat, but he, he marauds forwards. Fantastic player. Um, Alexander-Arnold, his numbers are up across the board mainly. A minutes per chance down by 8.5%. Pass received down by 30. So he's getting the ball less. But touches in the box, crosses, chances created up 69%. I mean, it's good to see, isn't it? He's, he's flying. Now, but you're saying he would be a player you wouldn't mind sacrificing. Do you still feel that? Oh, I, I didn't say I wouldn't mind sacrificing. <laughs> I, I, I said it's if you if we're going to be going with Fernandez, Lukaku, and Salah, yeah, there's going to have to be sacrifices. So I think when you talk about the template shifting, it's going to either be strategy similar to yours, which will be like Embuemo, Sar, and you know, couple mm. of sixes, couple of five point fives. It's going to be selling Fernandez, or it's going to be selling Trent. They're, they're, they're the only ways I can really see that it's going you to be kind that, of possible to do. You say that, but I've got all four players in my team. But arguably, when we see it later, there's problems. But I have. Yeah, but you've got you've got Embraimo and Saar, right? That's what I mean. Yeah. You've got two. You've yeah. got two midfielders around. Around. Yeah. You, you know, can't keep Greenwood the... and do it. No, that's that's, that's that's what I mean. That's what I mean. So, yeah, it's it is it is tricky. I I I think at the moment Trent is doing more than enough to justify mm. not being considered to take him out. But he only needs to have a couple of. You know, Liverpool been lucky to keep those clean oh, yeah. sheets. And if he's if he's just got one assist in two games and no clean sheets, we could be talking about him completely differently right now. Yeah. No, absolutely. Fair enough. Um, Rhys James up there, mentioned him already. <clears throat> Marcel, the other Wolves. One game as well. Back. Yeah, one game <laughs> and incredible. His numbers were, I mean, again, it's only Arsenal. We've got to keep saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, th- there's some reassurance here. Um, Pierre Pereira, who looked to have started well, but actually his numbers so far have been down mm. quite and across the board on last season. So this, is, so this is worth tracking just to see who's worth keeping an eye on. Tomato there is the standout and he's made it to your watch list, which we we'll look have at I have to now. say, just, just quickly about Pereira. Yeah. I, I, I do actually really like Pereira because if, if they go to a wing-back formation, which he's obviously going to be yeah. playing more up front, which I think is the most likely. But equally, if they don't go to a wing-back formation, he's the only one really that can play on the right wing yeah. now that Perez is out. 
So I think whatever happens with Pereira, you're going to see him in a much more advanced position and he's got Norwich. So if you've got him, obviously don't oh, yeah, sell him before Norwich, but also he could be someone that, that you might be thinking of, of getting in as a bit of a left field punt if you're feeling brave. Yeah, I just don't trust Leicester at the moment. That's the, that's the thing. I, I mean, we need to see Rogers turn the corner, which he will. But I think the Norwich game is actually tricky for them because Norwich mm. just won 6-0 in the Carabao Cup. They'll fancy it, I think, having seen Leicester at West Ham. So not an easy game, really. On paper, it looks it, but I don't think it will be. Um, I watch this then. Goalkeepers were quickly touched. And you've got Raya there, the Brentford keeper, off the back of two clean sheets, right? Yeah, I've been really, really impressed with Brentford defensively. I thought they'd been great. You see this fly buzzing around. I've got one as well. I've, I thought you'd pass <laughs> yours down the internet to me, but no, I thought it was like... It's been buzzing around. Yeah, there ages. it is. Doing, Normally doing, spiders feature in my head. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. Brentford, you were saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, really impressive defensive numbers. Um, you know, two clean sheets. I mean, okay, against Palace, we probably won't expect it, but I mean, you know, Arsenal as well, even though they had a couple of injuries and COVID cases and stuff, it's still you know, they still got to keep the clinches and we were expecting them to be a quite a gung-ho team. And I think even when they do concede, I think if they do concede, they're playing more expansively. I think Ray is going to keep clean sheets. If I could switch now for free for, from Sanchez to Ray, I'd do it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's the saves, isn't it? Which Sanchez just isn't going to get. Um, I've got Melier and Gaeta in there. Um, and Gaeta's had, I think he's the top ranked 4.5 keeper for, for saves and BPS. And Melier is the one I wanted pre-season but now can't afford to go there and I think if I was wildcarding I'd try and manufacture the extra 0.5 to go Melier because already in terms of BPS he's looking strong already mm. so um, I think he would be my top choice defence we've both gone James at the top right it's pretty clear we're targeting so you haven't got Luke Shaw you must be feeling pretty smug about that at the moment yeah well Soufal's been matching him just like I predicted and he's got an easier game this week so yeah I'm, I'm feeling a little bit smug and also, uh, you know, I, I could potentially move Simicast up to James, barring any, right. any, um, you know, any any price. Where I think I'll exactly the amount to do it. So that that is a that is a consideration, um, unless he goes up. But yeah, I I I mean, sure, sure is obviously a great player. And I'm sure he's going to get do well this season. But I just didn't ever see him in that essential bracket that a lot of people do. And I think now we're starting to see other defenders that we might want to consider. And I don't think you sell sure if you've got him. And I think that is maybe a bit of a sticking point. It's going to be a bit of a sticking point when we've got all these other options kind of emerging. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy not to own him. Yeah, I think at the moment, he's, I've got other priorities, but I think that, um, I think Shaw's going to go for me eventually and I'll try and get the not one extra to get James because I, I just think even against tougher opposition, if James is going to be nailed on, the potential is high. And others I'm looking at, Livermento, you've got in already, Tierney, Creswell, and Rudiger's obviously the alternative at Chelsea. Um, you've still got Cancelo on there, but below Diaz. I think you're thinking the same as me now. We don't want to play the roulette, do we? No. <laughs> I, I still I still think he, he could hurt you. And I think, you know, at the end of last season, Cancelo kind of lost favour favor from Pep a little bit. And I also think with Grealish in the team, City are going to win more fouls and there's going to be more chances for Diaz and one of Stones or Laporte, whoever wins that, that role to get more headers. So I think Diaz is, is a better option than he was last year. Yep. And in midfield, Greenwood's top for you, Rafina second. I've got Rafina Son. You you anticipate though Greenwood will slip down that list as the game weeks roll by. Yeah, he will. It's, it's it's for that Newcastle game, really. I mean, yeah. I am I am worried about about that match. Um, I'll, you know, I'll be going into that with just Fernandez, for example. No Shaw, no Greenwood, and I, I think that could potentially hurt. But yeah, he he will probably start to slip. I mean, unless he keeps scoring. I mean, if he scores again, you know, against Wolves, and again against Newcastle, and he's got four and four, then we're not going to be able to drop him, are they? 
No, I think not. And Troy on both our lists, will he ever make it to our teams? I don't know. I mean, I, I've gone Saar. You've got Saar on your way. So you've got Troy above, above Saar. So if you're making yeah. a choice today, you would go Troy I, I would. would yeah, you? I, I would. It's just coming up, though. Yeah, I mean, they're both good. I that's mean, the true. Fir- the, fir- the first match is Watford v Wolves yeah. in, in, in the good runs for both teams. Um, yeah, if you look yeah. at the ticker here, they've both got a good run coming up. Wolves is more sustained. So I do see your focus on Jimenez or Traore. Do you think one of them is going to come in for you? I, I don't think so. Not, not, the way, not the way my team's set up. I mean, I, I'm probably going to be looking to upgrade Tony to, to Calvert-Lewin or Jimenez, for example. I'm not going to be le- losing Grealish, Fernandez, Salah or Benrahma. So I, I, I'm not sure I will be moving for them. But I think if you've, got, if you've already got Benrahma, for example, and you've got Barnes and you've got Brindia or someone like that, you know, rather than just making the, the boring, easy move to Rafina. I think from next week, one of Saar or Traore could be a real consideration. And I, I, would, I would back Traore. I, I, I think with the stats he's got and the way Wolves are playing, I think he's going to hit, he's going to frustrate, but he's going to hit a big call. Yeah, what's for game week four? Brentford five, Southampton away six, and then Newcastle at home seven, and then Villa and Leeds away. It's, it's a, it is a strong run. And the, what, you know, the attacking form that they're showing, yeah, I mean, it, it's a pump though, isn't it? When, when you look at Leeds and you look at Rafina, it is very much in that, pump bracket because Leeds go into a run of Newcastle, West Ham, Watford, Southampton, Wolves and Norwich from game yeah. week five onwards. Yeah. And, and I, I do look at Rafinha and think that's where I, I'm probably going to get hurt next. That's where the pain is coming from, right? I think it's the writing's on the wall for Rafinha to, <laughs> start, to, to start delivering uh, against both of us because he's one of those players that we both know is a good pick. We know he's a good pick. We know he's underpriced. We know Leeds are good. We know the fixtures are good. <clears throat> but we're just probably going to have other priorities to to avoid him. Yeah, he's, it's going to suck. Yep, fair enough. Let's look at our predictions. Uh, so far, both fifty percent. You had a good week, didn't you? Ask? I did have a good week. I know. I got. I think I got what three correct scores or something. This right and this week and clean sheets was high. Look at that, sixty-seven percent. I know you're very sheets. good at the clean sheets. Um, I don't. I don't know why. Why is that? I think I go for less of them than you. I think you. Right. You, well, you can say, oh, okay, not that many. Clean sheets predicted 11, 11 to 9. 11 to 9, yeah. Yeah, not that many. Interesting. But, yeah, I mean, there's only, there's only one in it, right? Um, I see you've taken the points off. What's going on here? Have you asked Pot Noodle to remove the points? I haven't done because, anything. Uh, is, did you I haven't not? done anything. No, this is all, this is all, all Pot Noodle. Okay, all right. So we've got a 50% <laughs> record, 10 correct score, uh, correct outcomes, three correct scores. For oh, I'm glad he's taken the points off. That's good. Yeah, I'm annoyed <laughs> at does. that. I was winning at that. <laughs> right, these are our predictions for this week. Again, we didn't see each other's predictions for making our own. Um, Man City Arsenal both gone home win I think that's fairly obvious you've gone the three I've gone the two can't really see it going in the way can you really no I mean in some ways I think Arsenal going up against the big centre forwards are the worst players that they could go up against in Tony and Lukaku because they just can't deal with them and you know it's going to be two similar-ish styles matching but when you've got two similar-ish styles and City have just got better players and a better manager and better of everything and they're at home. It's only one result, surely. Mm. And it's going to be bittersweet for Pep, isn't it? Because Arteta's under pressure. Pep's going to know that. His friend, he won't want to beat them five or six nil, will he? So it, it's, he will. Will he? Do you think he will? I probably will. Knowing Pep, yeah. What am <laughs> I, I saying? You. But it is, a, it is a bizarre, you know, it's not a nice situation for him, is it? Because Arteta arrives there under some pressure. And if they do lose by a big margin, that will only increase. So... Mm. It's not a great situation for Arteta or Pep in this in this case, but I think 
three points can only go one what way. A ga- what a game for Arsenal to be going into yeah. after their last two City away. It could of. go the other way, of course. They could be like, you know, French mentality. We're going to put up resistance, but I don't know. Well, I mean, no one gave them a chance. No one's given them a chance in like the, the FA Cup final or in the Community Shield yeah, you know, last you know season. That. But they just haven't shown anything yet. I mean, yeah. they're winning tonight. I think they're winning 4-0, but they're playing West Brom's reserve side. So it's hard to take too much from that. But mm. yeah, yeah, they need something. Villa-Brentford, I've gone a one all. You've gone 2-1. So you think that Villa are going to start turning the corner a bit? Yeah, not not too confident on this one. But I think hopefully Watkins will be back for Villa. And surely the Brentford bubble is going to burst um, eventually. They can't keep getting clean sheets and, and, and doing well. So I think, you know... With, with things up front and with the creativity around. I think Villa are going to start to improve, but the trouble is the fixtures change after this match. So I think they're really going to earmark this one as one they need to win because, you know, they've got Chelsea the week after and yeah. they probably won't be expecting much from that. And we all get off things if you got him after this, I think. Um, but I mean, I've seen him being considered for captaincy. I think that is brave given what we've seen so far. I don't think he's settled yet. And in terms of them getting Ings in their team and getting him the ball and getting him chances. It hasn't happened, has it? Hmm. Brentford, Everton, I've, you've gone one all. I've gone the Everton win. I mean, how do you think Brighton will deal with Calvert-Lewin? Do you think you can stop the service? If you, are you equipped to do it? No. Right. <laughs> Not really. I think we, we really struggle with crosses. They're, a, they're a kind of a, a big problem. And we had a big problem against them last season when we played them. Uh, remember that Pickford howler when, when Mope scored, but the rest of the game, Everton were just running riot. I've gone for a hopeful 1-1, a hopeful draw, but I I think it might be a little bit too hopeful. I, I think Everton are probably the more equipped to get something out of this game. Um, yeah, I mean, you've you got, you know, as well, we haven't got, we haven't got like Burn to you know, mm. big Colossus in a centre-back. We haven't got Veltman. Defensively, we're a bit all over the place with with Gross. I mean, Gross played again at left wing-back and, and March on the right. So... Yeah, it's odd. I don't get it. But I don't he, get it. He's contributing, obviously, and he's not he's not standing out as a weak point. But maybe I saw that ever... lineup and thought it's, it's Sar against Gross. Like, what is he doing? This is going to go terribly. But the game plan worked. So hopefully, Potter can find a way. But not too confident. About Such a one. positive start for Brian, though. I mean, I'm I am back in Everton and I am back in Calvert-Lewin to do something. Um, so I'm going two-one in the next fixture. You've gone two-one to Southampton. I've gone one-nil Newcastle. You fancy the Saints here then? I just haven't been impressed with Newcastle mm. at all. And Southampton have been better than I thought they'd be. I mean, the, the first game against Everton, they they were decent in kind of the first half and then and then just massively capitulated. But against against United, they were brilliant. I thought Armstrong was was leading the line really well. I mean, Livramento, I mean, you talk about bias. I'm definitely biased because I bought him in. But the runs he makes, he's yeah, such a he's direct, strong. strong, like quick like, um, you know, fullback. And I think he could even be pushed up to the wing, I think, if, if they do want to bring Walker-Peters in. And I think he's got the faith of Hassan Hootel as well. I think Newcastle are going to struggle in this game. I can definitely see Callum Wilson scoring. And I think he could be a bit of a left-field captain's option if, you, if you've got him. But I think I just, I've just got a sneaky feeling Southampton might have a bit too much for Newcastle. In this. Enough. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, Livermento coming off the conveyor belt from Lamptey the season before last as well. Chelsea did have a... A lot of good fullbacks on their books, clearly, because uh, I'm very impressed with Livermento. I think he's he's going to be our four million solution uh, if we get him before he goes up. That is, of course. Uh, I've gone Norwich home win, but you still you have yeah you still fancy Leicester, still fancy nick it. But I I do I think Norwich have got their tails up. They can win this one. Yeah, I mean I don't think losing Perez is a massive no problem because I don't really rate him that highly, and 
like I just keep saying, I think they're going to switch back to this five at the back. And I think that suits them, that suits them really nicely. I think if they bring Castagna in and they've got Pereira bombing down the wings and they've got Nacho and Vardy up front, I think Norwich is going to have a really hard time dealing with them. And Nacho won't have been happy. I mean, you know, no. best player last season, signed a new contract out of the team for the first two games. And they don't look the same without him, do they? They don't. I, I just, I can't see any way he doesn't come in. And, and I, I think if he, if he comes in, I can't see how Barnes plays, which is why I sold him. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna back I'm gonna back Leicester in this and I'm gonna back Nacho to to get the goal as well okay. even even further prediction. West Ham Palace I don't think we need to dwell on this too much we we see a home win I've gone two 0 you've gone three 0 and probably summing in that for Antonio and I think when we get to our teams we're going to show some faith in Antonio with the captaincy as well. Oh, right? God I'm going into this three West Ham players and my captain. What could possibly <laughs> go wrong? I had to back three 0 didn't I? Always it's going to be a complete disaster. Can't yeah. see Palace scoring though, and I, I at the moment not many teams I think will be able to deal with West Ham's attack. I think I think defensively West Ham aren't that great. <laughs> I think you know I, I like obviously I like Rice, I like Creswell, mm. I like Souffal, but Dawson and Ogbonna I don't think is the most commanding partnership. I mean they, they were heavily linked with Zuma, weren't they? But it looks like that's off now. Oh, is it? Right. That would have been that would have been a great signing for him if they'd managed mm. to get him. I think that is obviously up front like backup striker and like. A, a, a solid centre back, and they, and they would be a real, you know, even more of a, a tough team to beat. So I, I do think teams will feel a little bit confident about it. I mean, look at Leicester; they got they got a goal just from nothing. Like it was, you know, just just a. It was a lapse. I think they were a bit fortunate. A lap, that. Well, yeah, a lapse. But I think I think they've got those kind of lapses in them. The yeah, I, I agree. But I do. I mean, you say about the centre backs, but when you've got Rice and Suchek in front of you, that's one hell of a screen, right? And I, I just. I don't see where the goal's going to come from for Palace. Mm. Benteke's the threat, but they should be able to handle him, I think. Um, but we'll see. Liverpool-Chelsea then, here we go. You've gone nil-nil. Nil-nil? <laughs> yeah, nil-nil. They're always nil-nil. They're always nil-nil. No, nah, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I, I mean, I, th- I think that I'm hoping Tuchel approaches matches like this differently. In the past, we've seen him go there. We don't lose. We get a, we get a point. We get a result. We don't concede ground. I think now with Lukaku, I'm hoping they have a bit more about them and go, right, we can win this game because they really can. I mean, I if I was Chelsea, a Chelsea fan, I would be, which I'm not, you might think I am, um, <laughs> you would go into this game thinking, we can take Liverpool. I mean, yeah, Liverpool got the threat and I do think they will breach that Chelsea defence, but I think there's more than one goal in it for Chelsea myself. But there's also that flip side of Liverpool be like, we don't want to lose this. We don't want to give Chelsea this this platform to build on and you know to, to make them think they are title contenders. We, do they we approach wanna, it like that though? I think I think they do. I, I think I think Liverpool go proper cagey in this. What? I With think the Anfield crowd do. behind them, they're going to go right. We're going to be cautious. That that's what worries. I, I I think Liverpool can't do that. I think they've got to attack, and that's that's why I think they get caught. But we'll see. High line, Lukaku. High line. This is it. It's like it's a different it's a different type of defence he's up against this time. And I think Van Dyke might be able to compete with him physically, although it could be Matip who takes him. They've got a way about the high line. They've got a way about the pace. If they go too high and the ball goes over the top, I back him. I do back him. It's I almost like one of us has got Lukaku. It is, one, isn't it? it? As I said, ding, <laughs> bias. I did warn everyone before the start of the show. Ross, sit down, sit down, calm down. I did make everyone aware that there'll be a lot of bias and I've had to back Chelsea. Uh, Burnley leads, um, not quite a Garden Centre game, but almost. You'd be on your way, wouldn't you? You'd be thinking about it. If you were short on conifers, 
you would think about it for this game, but it's Leeds. You never. I thought you were going to get. A, I thought you were going to get a graphic. Yeah, because I don't think this is Garden Centre. Okay. You can't make Leeds a Garden Centre game, no matter who they're playing. Because I love Leeds, <laughs> which I didn't think I'd say, but I do. And they'll turn a dull-looking fixture into one you've got to see. And I'm going three-one Leeds. You're going two-one. Not much else to say, really, is there? No, I think Rafina's a good shout this week, and, and yeah. Burnley's defensive numbers are, are pretty poor, actually. So I think they've conceded the most headed chances as well. So Bamford could be could be a good shout in this uh, too. So yeah, I quite like Leeds. And Spurs Watford, I've, I reckon they're going to nick a goal. Spurs defence, they've so. given up so many chances. So I'm hoping there's something in it for so. I'm going 2 1. If Ben Foster's still watching, we think you're going to get a goal. But sadly, we think Spurs. I think Ben Foster's going to get a goal. That would be a that'd be a story. That would be it? amazing. It? <laughs> Maybe he's their best chance of scoring. To be honest, but <laughs> yeah. no, it's another star. But yeah, Kane and Son. You think they'll be big factors, right? Yeah, I think you know Kane coming back with with the crowd as well is is just going to give them an even more of a lift. As I said, I think he'll start. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I think Saar Saar could get at them, but with two clean sheets, they're going to be confident with with, with keeping them out. And I just don't think Watford have got, they've got Saar, but that's about it. I don't think they've got the, the squad to really compete with Spurs. Mm. Been impressed with Spurs, been impressed with Nuno, to be mm. fair. He's, I, I didn't really know what we were going to get. And even though they, I think they were lucky against Wolves, you know, the fact they've grinded out two two of these wins now, and now they're entering two fixtures which they should win, uh, is, is a good platform for them. And Wolves United, you've gone the draw for Wolves, <coughs> um, and I've gone the 2-1. You just, I mean, is as the Southampton performance kind of... Put you off United a bit then, in terms. It of has goals. a bit, yeah, and and Wolves' performance as well. I, I, you know, I thought this would this at the start of the season. I was earmarking this as like a, a Bruno captain. Mm. You know, Wolves would be gung ho, and and United would just pick him off. That didn't change after game week one, but I think that the style they've got actually is 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 an attacking style, but it it, it stifles teams because they press them back so much, and it it just depends what United turns up. If it's if it's United that plays Southampton, they won't win this game. If it's the United that that beat. Um, they play for game with Leeds. Then, uh, then, then they've got more of a chance. Mm. So I just well, want to draw. Nice and boring. Nice and on the fence. Don't yeah, know, don't, know, don't know who's going to turn up. Only two we weeks. S- we saw the Wolves' defense factor high in the data earlier. Um, obviously, you know they've played Spurs and they've played. Who do they play first of all? Uh, Leicester. So Leicester attack. Yeah, I, it's very difficult to judge at this time. But yeah, they have surprised me. I thought they would be open, as did you. Mm. Um, but it's not looking that way. So. Mm, it's a tomato. You never know. Uh, no. Captains going forward. Oh, just, just quickly. I just go like ahead. to correct an. I just like to correct an error that I said. I oh, said uh, Gross was at left wing back. He was not. Was he not? He did. He did play right wing back. I, I didn't. I didn't watch the game. I only watched caught the highlights, and he was on the graphic. He was, he was on the left, but I've just checked his heat map, and he was. He was very, very advanced on the right. Do you think that when Veltman's fit, he's going to lose that place? I think you're going to central mid. Right. I think I don't think he can he can be he can be benched. I think that the creativity offers is, is too good, mm. and I think at the moment we're rotating like Mwepu and Lana and these guys. But I think Gross Gross of Basum will be mainstays in, at centre mid. Yeah, uh, Captain Matrix. We've got two on there for the primary choices: Fernandez at Wolves and Son at Watford. I was always going to go Son at Watford. My plan was to bring Son in this week. Mm. I haven't done it, but if I had and if I had him, I would be going Son. Um, do you agree with that? Do I agree with that? It's between Son and Antonio for mm. me. On the on the scout um, poll, captain poll, they're they're the two highest. Mm. It's it's really it's really tricky to pick between them. In all the stats favour Antonio. Well, we'll look at some data in a minute um, with Son and Antonio. But just looking ahead, Fernandez at Newcastle, 
I've left Lukaku as top of the differentials there. I think if you've got him, you've got to consider that captaincy. And we'll see when I get there if I've got the balls to captain Lukaku. Much depends on what we see from Bruno at Wolves, mm. right? I think if we see Bruno as we saw him at Southampton or United as we saw him at Southampton, then I, I think I will go Lukaku at home to Villa. Um, then it's all about Salah for two weeks versus Crystal Palace and Brentford. I, I think it's tough to look beyond Salah in those two games. Um, and then we come back for me... I'll be looking at Lukaku at home to Southampton. And a lot of it's going to come down to whether wild cards are played going into seven or if they're played coming out of seven into eight. Uh, and obviously, if you play them into seven, you can get Lukaku in. Um, There's absolutely no way I'm going into seven without Lukaku. Right. So what will you do? Will you wild card into seven? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Unless, you know, unless my... I mean, I've got a lot of money in the bank at the moment, so I could start sort of planning ahead a little bit and, and thinking about how I can shift a few things around. Um, but... At the moment, the plan is is well cut off the game week six, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, you don't, you don't. You, I don't think you need Lukaku until seven, right? We we decided that when we looked ahead at the start mm. of the season. Um, but playing it between seven and eight means you'll lose that that Southampton game. That's risky. You look at the other candidates then: Fernandez at home to Everton, yeah, Antonio home to Brentford, Son Villa, Kane Villa, Salah Man City. Salah's not in the equation really. You wouldn't mm. expect. So that is a tricky game week if you don't have Lukaku. Yeah. Um, so this game week then. Just looking at the captain candidates. And actually, when you look at minutes per XGI non-penalty, Calvert-Lewin is out in front. Um, so, you know, he, you know, the numbers suggest that he could be a good option. We haven't really considered him. And I haven't seen many people think, well, um, he's the one that I would go for uh, at the moment. So it's going to be Antonio for me. It's a minutes per shot, 16.2. And it's just Palace have started the season badly and, and the, the confidence flowing through West Ham at the moment. Anybody else there you'd pick out as someone you might consider other than Son, of course? I think if you had Son, you'd do that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, Vardy's, Vardy's an option um, away at Norwich. I think, you know, my, my, I, I do think Leicester are going to win that game and they could potentially score big given that it's Norwich and they haven't been that impressive so far. Um, I don't know how many, how many people are going to have him, but this could be, if you have got him, you you know you might want to back him for this game before you moved him on for Lukaku, for example. And I don't know what other lesser player you'd pick because I don't know if you can go for Nacho, Barnes, Madison, any of these guys. So purely for fixture, I think the Norwich game is always one that we're going to look to target. So I do quite like that. Um, and Ings, Ings v Brentford as well. Like I said, I, I think you know the Brentford party might come to a bit of an end here and, and Ings hasn't been great, but still got two and two. He's clearly full of confidence because he's taken on that, that overhead kick. So he could also be someone, but I, I just can't look past Antonio. The Looking at the defensive picture. data, though, I mean, like Palace have only conceded one big chance. Mm. Um, minutes per chance, 6.7, so that's third on this table behind Burnley and Norwich, who look to be more porous based on the two games so far. The Palace aren't disastrous, but they're, you know, Vieira's trying to find a formula there. They've got some good players, but it hasn't gelled yet. It's very similar to, mm. to Villa. I think it's more about West Ham than it is about Palace for me. Yeah, yeah, the same. Yeah, I mean, Palace, Palace numbers are decent since they had Chelsea in, in game week one mm. as well. And given how poor they looked in that game, you'd think that the defensive numbers would be worse. I just, I just don't think we can look past West Ham. I just think they're, they're, they're you know, you look at systems, it's system v system, and there isn't really a system in place at Palace at the moment. And they're still working on that. Whereas West Ham is drilled into every single one of those players exactly yeah. what they need to do, where they need to be. You know, I, I just, I, I just can't see any way Palace get anything from that game. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Ings, but minutes per <clears throat> shot, 59.7. That's well down on what we'd expect. And again, it highlights that Villa haven't found a way with him yet. It'll come, I'm sure. Um, let's look at your team then. And so there's the Antonio captaincy. Do you want to talk us through it as in your transfer? 
Yeah, so I've made both my transfers already. I I did I did um white to Livermento, which on its own I think is fine. But then when you consider that I've done also done Barnes to Ben Rama and I've got this extra money in the bank, I think maybe I went a bit too early with that. So I've got Sanchez and Gold, Trent, Sufal, Livermento, Salah Fernandez, Grealish, Ben Rama, Ings, Antonio Captain, and Tony. So I think the team itself is looks pretty good and I'm happy with Livermento just as a four million option going forward. I just think I might have missed a bit of a trick not going for James or or Regulon. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, cap- Captain's an interesting one. Um, I'm half tempted by Grealish just on how poor <laughs> how poor Arsenal have been. And that, yeah, he's probably the most likely one to start. Mm. Um, I'm a little bit tempted by Ings as well. But yeah, it's, I'm just finding it hard to look past Antonio with the form and the stats. Do you think with the captaincy, we'll see the Twitter community largely on Antonio, but elsewhere... You know, Bruno being the most popular captain is probably likely, right? It's going to turn out. I think like so. That. I think it's. I think. I think he'd even be Salah again. Salah or Bruno is is the most popular, and yeah, I think Antonio's will be high. I think Antonio's could reach around the hundred percent EO mark, but yeah, I'd expect Salah or Fernandez to be higher. It's crazy his price rise, isn't he? He's on for his second tonight by the looks of it. He could actually get three price rises in this week. What's his ownership now? His if ownership's, he goes mad. His ownership's only 37.6%. It's still is, pretty high for, you know, I wouldn't have predicted that by game week three at the start of the season. Yeah, time. true. But for that, I mean, Fernandes is 57.8. Mm. So, and, and, and it, it has reached that kind of point where I look at people's teams who haven't got Antonio and I think, what are you doing? Yeah. Like he's now in that kind of bracket. So the yeah. fact that like, what, 63% of people don't have him is... What's your Tony plan? Encouraging. What's my Tony plan? Yeah, good question. Uh, keep him, keep him for this game, and then and then look to ship him on. I, th- I think I'm I'm gonna move him on for either Calvert Lewin or, or Jimenez um, next week in, in over the internationals. I think you'll survive that, a drop. Will there be a drop? It's close, isn't it? Doesn't matter because because I've got this money from Barnes yeah. to Ben Rama now. I've, I've got I've got the money to, be able to do that. And anyway, this is this is the advantage of moving White to Livermento and not up is that I've got a bit more money to play around with and and use on that. So yeah, I can I can do either of those moves. Um, I, I might also want to get rid of Simicast as well, though, and just get rid of that problem and maybe give Tony. Because, I mean, Tony's got Brighton. And I, I do worry a bit about someone like Tony bullying us, but they might use him in the same way that he used against Arsenal. He, he needs to do something against Villa. Yeah. He really does, because that'd be three weeks without any returns from him. Um, so, yeah, he's... Of all my players, he's the one that's on his last legs Yeah, now. No, absolutely. And Simicast, he's got us the 0-1 if you sell him. I think I think he's going to be my next transfer to get him out and get that 0-1 mm. cleared out. Um, yeah, probably for Livermento. And then you've got that in the bank. Yeah, Tony does need to do something. It, and and it, it's, it's, it's horrible when you want to show patience, but when the price drops start looming, and, and, and they are a factor in my decision-making. I don't like losing value on players. So it's one of the reasons why I did what I did. We'll look at it in a minute. But when you feel the value of your team leaking in several places, like you had Barnes, you would have had Tony. There could be, you know, there could be other players like Grealish. If he doesn't perform in the next two, he'll, you know, mm-hmm. his ownership will start going down. And it, it, it's a horrible feeling. You don't want to be pushed into making moves. No. You do feel that urge, don't you, to get them out? If, 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 if everything kind of stays as it is, I think my, I, I, I could take a hit over the international, which would be Ings and Tony out for Calvert-Lewin and Jimenez. And that would kind of address the two fixture swings of, of Ings and Tony, which are turning quite rough, and get in two players who I think are looking quite sharp. So it's easy to say before the international break. That's what probably I'd, I'd, if I could do them right now, that's, that's what I'd do. Mm. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, let's look at the damage that I've done then. So 
Yeah, so it was Mares and Torres out, <laughs> Tony out, and Embuemo, <laughs> Embuemo, and Lukaku in. Embuemo was a player I looked at pre-season, and he has played up front. Uh, he's in the front two at the moment. He's on some set plays. I quite like him for the next three. They've got decent fixtures. If you're on Tony, I kind of see that. Well, why not be on Embuemo too? He, I think he's. Mm. I think his role could be under threat from Wissa soon because he scored last night as well in the Carabao or EFL Cup rather. So I think Umbremo's not nailed or won't be in the weeks to come, but he is probably for the next two or three. Sarum, okay, we've got good fixtures. And he obviously is Watford's most likely. Um, it's just, you know, have I taken too much money out of my midfield to get Lukaku? But the plus side is I've got three big hitters and I've got Trent. And because of that, I might now be able to sit on my wild card longer than most who need to play it to get Lukaku in. I, I don't have any question that people will move towards a team like this with their wild card, right? Because they'll need to get Lukaku in. So the only option they've got to go in this route is getting rid of Bruno, which is something I can see there's plenty of merits in that. Do you think you're going to do that? Do you think he's easily lost, right, with the fixtures he's got? Sorry, who? Bruno. Bruno. Um, he's easily lost. No, it's not easy to lose Bruno, is it? Um, we know what he can do. He can score penalties. He can. He's scored a hat-trick from open play now. It's, it is a trick one. I mean, the, the thing with your team, and like a few people have, have put in the chat, is, is it doesn't scream <laughs> flexibility, does it? What I mean, have you this done? Is, yeah. Well, this is the issue. I mean, you've, you've, got, you've got no bench because Feltman's out. Parika's not even in the country anymore. <laughs> Simakas is going to be dropped. Uh, so you're relying on, on Eiling at the moment to, to play. Uh, you've got two kind of six million sub, well, three six million sub midfielders. So you can't move easily for the likes of Rafina. No. Greenwoods, you know, these kind of guys. So this is this is the issue with not losing one of the likes of Fernandez or Sad or Trent, is that you you kind of have to put up with this. Not necessarily a bad thing. I think all of these picks are good picks. But if Sar or Embremo, for example, don't deliver for like a couple of weeks, what do you do? <laughs> well, I, I look at it and think, well, Shaw's got to be the next big move to go, right? It's going to be Simicast probably next to get the naught one. So I'll get Livermento to give me that extra sub. But then Veltman will be back as well. So I will have two subs at that point. The next week I should have two subs back. And then it's really what does Shaw do? What do I do with Shaw? They're going into bad fixtures, right? Eventually from game mm. week seven. So he's going to go probably. It's whether or not he goes for five million or I, I try and go up to, to uh, James, which is probably going to be the move. I think eventually Bruno goes for me as well, right? So I look at it and think everyone will be moving Bruno out, I expect, on their wild cards to get Lukaku. So there's no reason why I can't do that. But the big plus is I haven't got to play my wild card. So, yeah. Well, and, and, the, and well, I mean, the other thing is you can play your wild card. If this doesn't work, if this structure doesn't work out for you in the next three or four weeks and you do have fires to fight and you get more injuries and all that stuff, you've got the wild card anyway to use and get yourself out of it. It's not like you're going to be stuck with this team for the next 20 weeks and not have to worry. So you've, you can play the wild cards. I know you say you want to play the wild card out of like a position of strength and all that, but it is also there to fight fires when you've... Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Some, you don't ideally want to do it, but it's there just to... In some ways, I'm thinking I've probably cursed myself now because I do like getting the wild card out of the way. And what I've done now is actually put myself in a position where I don't need to do that, perhaps, possibly, if it all goes well. Um, it'll be just be Bruno out for Son or Bruno out for Havertz, maybe, and then I've got money to spread elsewhere. And then, it, hmm. you know, that's what I'll do. And I'm sure that's what a lot of people will do ahead of game week seven or after seven when they get Lukaku. They'll make a choice and go, right, I'm not going to have Bruno. I'll... I'll scale down to Son or Havertz or someone like that. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I've got to get through this week. I've got to get the second sub and then it'll feel better because I'll have two subs and that's not too bad. 
Um, and then I've got to make a decision on shore. But of course, anything could happen with those international break problems and so on. So I've taken a risk. It's an exciting team, Mark, I have to say. It's got, yeah, it looks, yeah, it's good. I mean, I mean, Ben Rama would even be, like, if I looked at that team at the start of the season and saw Saar, Embremo and Ben Rama, I'd be like, you've lost your mind. But because Ben Rama has been so good, mm. then, you know, I, I think you can, you can get with that. And like, I can't see any reason why he would, why he would drop off massively because he's, he could be the next kind of Mares, couldn't he? Yeah, but it depends what they do with Lingard, whether they move him or not. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen now. Um, and what would happen? I mean, they need more depth flow, don't they, for Europe? So I think they are going to move for more numbers in there. But I don't know. I, it's dependent on how Lukaku does in his next four. He's got to get me two or three goals. If he blanks mm. in three of the next four, this is, this is and, and Calvert-Lewin and Bamford and Rafina do what I think they can do, this is going to be a disaster, right? Mm. But that's that's the risk I've taken. It, the risk I've taken is, can I keep up with those teams that have those players? And when they play their wild card, I don't have to. And then do I get an advantage from that? That's that's what I'm I'm punting on. But I think just generally, it's interesting because I listened to The Wire last night and um, uh, Paniel was on there. Late Rizer was on there. I know. And 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 um, obviously Late Rizer was on there was off and Big Man Bakar. And I knew beforehand there was going to be a discussion on Lukaku and I thought it would be Zoff singing the praises of going Lukaku mm. early and Paniel was a Man United fan saying, oh, you're going to be more careful. No, it was, uh, it was Late Rizer going straight to you go to Lukaku as soon as you can. And I've listened to that and thought, okay, that makes it feel a bit better that there's somebody else who sees that. And I do think I had a, a, a quite a unique opportunity because I had Mares and Torres, 16 million in midfield. I wanted to get rid of them. I had the option to do it. And I wanted to get rid of Tony because of the price drop that could come if he doesn't return at Villa. So I was probably in a unique situation. I don't think many people had a team mm. with two midfielders that they could clear out to get the money that they could be happy getting rid of. Most teams have got Greenwood, they've got Ben Rama, you know, they've got Rafina, they're settled. And you look at it and think, well, where's you, where are you going to change that? Whereas I didn't have that. So I think I went with this because I wanted to exploit that freedom I had. But it could be disaster, couldn't it? So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the question mark for me is, was it a week early? And I, I know there's there's potential price rise with Lukaku, which might have meant you can't do it. But with Sar away at Spurs, Embraer away at Villa, who've got tough fixtures, and Lukaku away at Liverpool, I don't think you're going to see immediate returns on this on, on the transfers. So, but if you couldn't afford to wait, was is it was this exact money? Well, I think look, yeah, it's exact money, and I think yeah. Lukaku will rise before the deadline, right? And um, and then I didn't want to come out of it and go, well, Tony's not scored again at Villa; he's going to go down. I've had to, I've had to, I had to take Mares out. So basically, it was now or never. Because if I took Mares out for somebody like a Greenwood, it's gone. The opportunity's gone, yeah. and that was a sensible move. Mares to Rafina or Mares to Greenwood was the move that was probably more sensible. But I was dazzled by the performance, by the numbers I saw at Arsenal and the opportunity, and I just thought, let's be different. Let's go this path and see if it pays off. Because so many teams around me have got Greenwood, have got Rafina, and it just felt wrong to move I'm excited well we'll see I mean (laughs) we were going to do the match of the day challenge at the weekend I'm officially I'm officially calling that off because I can't do it I need to watch that (laughs) I need to watch that Liverpool Chelsea game now because I think that you know obviously got Lukaku in it and I think it'd be such a great game I can't do it even more exciting I can't do it I cannot I cannot sit there all day not knowing how he got on and then watch match of the day at the end of the night so we'll have to talk about 
I'll think spend about some it. Time, get out of the shed, spend some time with your family. And uh, Yeah, I mean, that's the other <laughs> thing. I've got to do that as well. I don't know, I'm only joking. Um, well, I'll think about it because what we were going to do, we were going to do the Match of the Day challenge and then we were going to stream while hmm. we watched Match of the Day. And I know everyone's going to be in their game. Like, do it, do it. But it's hard unless to do Unless they're not, unless they think it's a terrible idea. Yeah, we shouldn't bother. It's a terrible idea. Um, but, you know, it, we're an interesting experiment, wouldn't it, to do? But I don't if know you're if interested I in, in, in watching us stream match today after not watching any of the games, can everyone please message Mark and convince him to try and do it? That's all I yeah, ask. If I get enough tweets, if I get enough messages, <laughs> then I might think about it. But not if Mark knowing gets 1,000 retweets, done, he will do the match of the day challenge. Imagine, like, Lukaku's first game, and I don't know how he's done, and I've got to watch it with yes, you on a stream. Oh, it's so good. You've got to do it. Oh, I'll be You've painful, though, won't it? <laughs> like the, the pain I'll have if he blanks and he, and he looks dreadful and Van Dyke dominates him, I'll, I'll feel sick, won't I? Oh, it'll feed me. Sustenance. I think, beautiful. I think we have to do it. <laughs> Talk yourself into it. We've got to do it. I've cancelled, you know, well, I've cancelled my plans. I didn't have any plans, but... I've, I, <laughs> there you go. That's how packed lives we've got. I've cancelled my plans to, to do that that night, so you can't cancel right. me now. We'll we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll stream live on Saturday during match of the day. You can watch as and I watching match of the day, not knowing any of the scores from Saturday's matches. I'll do it. If if you wow. thought your Saturday night couldn't get any sadder, you'll be watching two grown men watching highlights. Yeah, I mean, of... I mean, basically, if your partner's with you, whether they're mad or fit, they'll be going, what are you doing? You're not only watching match day, you're also streaming two strangers watching match the day with yeah. you. What are you doing? Yeah, it's going to be... Uh... And this fly will not be there. This no. fly is driving me absolutely insane. There's people in the chat saying it's driving them insane. Imagine what it's doing to me. There's it's one in here, but it's not being as troublesome as yours. Uh, let's look at the apprentices' teams. Henry coming with 70 points. I think what we're seeing is I don't know. The apprentices didn't do so well this week, did they? No, they didn't. Seventy Good. for Henry <laughs> and fifty-seven for. I was worried that they were going to start beating us. I must admit. Um, so I need to. We need to check in with our apprentices and see. I think we're going to leave it for a few more weeks. Well, I'm going to leave it for a few more weeks before I start giving Henry any direct help in terms of tools and Twitter and so on. I'm going to leave it a while longer. It's not too much wrong with Henry's team. He's, he, you know, he went. He went Mope with his, he took a hit for Mope and it kind of paid off. Mm. And he was very unlucky that he's got injured now. Um but it's it's kind of interesting to look at Natalie's team as well. She got she got fifty seven. Yeah. And again, she, not a lot wrong. She's taken the risk on Gross and Adams and they both returned two consecutive weeks, right? There's no West Ham. No, that's it. No Ben it? no Ben Rahman, no Antonio. If she had, if she had Antonio instead of Wilson, for example, she'd um she'd be right up there again. It's just that decision. Uh I think, yeah, I think she has to move for, for one of Ben Rama or Antonio this week. Right. Um, Are you hoping yeah. she comes to that conclusion? Because she's got Ben White to get rid of as well. And Well, I think if, if, she, if she, she likes her stats. So when she looks at the stats and right. sees Antonio's, I, I think she will make that decision. I think, although selling Wilson ahead of this Southampton game isn't ideal. But mm. yeah. You can't help her directly. I'll just say that, right? But no, I, I won't. I, know. I won't. I won't we'll help her. We'll see. Okay. She, so, she, she won't listen to me anyway, Mark. No, she's very, she's very independent. She but, makes her own choices. <laughs> I know, absolutely. Um, the Black Box Leagues then. So, yes, so they have fallen away a little bit. Um, I'm top 179. You're nine points by me, but only five now have taken the hit. Yep. Um, yeah. By the way, that team did include a minus four as well. I know, it's even worse, isn't it? Uh, Henry's on 163 and Natalie 152 but we'll see how they recover going into game for the early days do you want to go through the Black Box League because Ryan Quinn's still top and he's, I think he's 36 in the world or 39th in the world wow that is pretty impressive absolutely right absolutely flying he was on Twitter um, name checking us for the help we've given him 
Not at all, Ryan. I think you're flying without us, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I suggest you stop listening to us and just carry on doing what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. To, to be fair, uh, Vincent Rain is there in second with two sixteen. Uh, Janice Idzak, uh, massive score this week, hundred nine. Crazy. Must did he chip? I have a look. Have a look. If he, did he actually cool. played a chip? And then Regan Bukes as well, hundred and one. So two scores over hundred. Um, you know, huge, huge weeks. Yep, keep going. And if you're not in our league, what you're doing, it's VJNJ, no, VJNG. Ah, I did it. Why is it yeah. so difficult? It's because it's got a J and a G in it. Why did we get that? That's... VJNG38. Yes. Mr. Foster, if you're still out there, join up um, if you haven't already. I know you're in Slippers League, so why not? Yeah, that's Andy. Nice. We call Andy Slippers. He, he way, was, so. he, as I said, he was on um, he was on uh, the Scout Q&A earlier as well. Was he? And he was on a stream, I think I did... Um, on on Tuesday yesterday as well so he's clearly a- really active you now love he, to see he, it. he's gone on Andy's stream and now he's really in the yeah he's he, he he a keen FBL player you could tell just the enthusiasm talking about mm. the game it, it's really good to see um, good job he doesn't play for Villa eh yeah just saying <laughs> um, we have got 2,324 people watching live wow. which is a record for a non-wildcard stream for us I believe Amazing. Thanks what everyone do you say to that? for watching. Yeah, thanks everyone. That's, that is that is huge, 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 huge numbers. Um, yeah, make sure you like the stream if you haven't already uh, and subscribe to the channel as well. And thank you for watching. Yeah, absolutely. Smash and like and uh, thanks for watching. I mean, maybe they're just here to see my Lukaku car crash team. What do you think? <laughs> I imagine that's, that's pretty weird. You know, clickbait. It's all about that clickbait. It was. I, I think it was. I got accused of only getting Lukaku in for the clicks. That wasn't the case, but it, you know, it's a nice byproduct. I think if I do badly and after the match of the day challenge stream on Saturday night, yeah, there'd be probably people turning up to see my misery. But <laughs> well, I will be. That's, that's why I want to do it. So I know. Much. <laughs> what have I done, as? What have I done? I mean, I, I'm going to be messaging uh, Late Riser to console me because he he's thinking like me. But I think I think we might be in the minority for a reason to be honest. But, but what will actually turn up to happen will be regular will score a scream from 30 yards and Lukaku will get a brace and you'll be the one celebrating and I'll be the one crying. It's just tend, tends to be how it goes when we watch something together. And we're going to be doing it together on Match of the Day Challenge on Saturday night. Are you ready Yeah, so we, we are doing it now. Yeah, I think we've got to. I think there's enough yep. people who want us to do it. So, yep. How am I going to avoid the scores all day? I'm, I'm literally going to have to take my family, can you distract me and take my phone away and not let me near a TV and, oh, don't know how I'm going to do I've it. Just bought, I've just bought Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I've got so that. I can do I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to put my phone down, turn it off and just play that all day. <laughs> Other video games are available. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see how we do. We'll see I you wish on... we were sponsored by Mass Effect. That'd be, be great. Amazing. We'll see you on Saturday. Join us then for the live Match of the Day Challenge stream. That should be fun for one of us. It's a good night for me. <laughs> good night, everyone. Podcast Network.